only on Nintendo Ultra 64. It's Super Gamecast 2 with your host, Aaron Reynolds. What is up, everyone? It is a fantastic Sunday morning, which uh, for me over here in Seattle started at 5.30 a.m. The sun came up and woke me up uh, because I wasn't getting any good sleep. Uh, but here we are. We're here to talk about video games. How you doing, Bronson Fiori of Super Gamecraft? Hi. Uh, very similar experience, funnily enough. Like, I went to bed at, like, 2 and just woke up at 5 because of the sun coming through my window. And then I woke up at, like, 9. And I was just like, oh, don't want to go back to, like, wake up. But I know if I do, I will sleep through the podcast alarms. <laughs> Fun. Well, you can't miss this podcast, Bronson, because we have a guest. We do. We have a Mr. Have a Mr. Jake James Lugo here. How you doing, man? Good, guys. Thank you for having me on here. You know, to chat up with you guys again and say hello. And hopefully everybody watching this and listening to this later, you guys enjoy. It's good to see y'all. Yeah, welcome back. And everyone who hasn't yet, go check out his awesome stuff at, you know, his YouTube, you know, Jake James Lugo. Search that up, baby. You'll yep. find it. Yeah. I'm gonna find yeah. me a URL. I'm gonna paste this shit in the chat. Or just search Jake James Lugo in the search bar and it's the first one that comes up. It's me wearing glasses. <laughs> my, my little, <laughs> nice. Like glasses. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And for those that, that may have missed that, we, we will come back and plug our shit right at the end too. So gotta make mm-hmm. sure you get them get them views. Uh yes. man, how you guys doing? Everything all right? Yeah, you know, uh, been, been a week. Uh, you know, I got the okay at a new day job, so I'm officially nice. coasting super hard at my current day job. <laughs> cool. It's just like, oh, I'm in my two weeks. So you're getting the bare minimum. Nice. <laughs> the the stories we've heard on this podcast. Uh, let me tell you, I just I'm I'm glad to hear this. I hope things work out uh, at the new place. Yep. So, um, but, uh, hey, we're here to talk about video games. We're here to talk about video games? Mm-hmm. And yes. no one told me? I hope. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> on our video game podcast, who would have thought? <laughs> Shit. I know normally okay. we just talk about energy drinks and weird food products we've been buying, but... Remember those first couple months where, like, KFC found its way into our conversation and, like, <laughs> neither of us even like KFC? That was weird. I don't, <laughs> this is weird. I don't know. Well, anyway. Yeah, because well, they kept ending up in gaming news somehow. It was like, Aaron, I have some other ridiculous KFC story that's related to video games. That was I mean, <laughs> yeah, they peaked with uh, the, like, raid thing that you could do when you go to KFC uh, and you had, like, you had to, like, bring a group of friends to, like, treat like this meal as a raid i loved that idea and it was terrible and i would never do it but you got no beast chocobo mount (laughs) yeah yeah you got the got the chocobo mount yeah you're right oh dumb mounts all right well so let's talk about video games i guess i guess that's what we do here bronson what specifically are we talking about hey we have a topic of the week because the news week was not super in-depth this week like it was last week and uh sure I, we have an expert uh, in this topic, because he does a bunch of them, as guest here. Uh, hey, game reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel all of us have written a ton of these at this point, and made videos about them, and podcasts about them. And I want to talk about them, because on Twitter, 
about a week or two weeks ago now. Um, There's a bunch of controversy about, do you need to finish a game to review it? You know, are, you know, like, Colin Moriarty posted this, like, clip on his Twitter of just, like, from his podcast of just him blasting people over. I remember that did the initial, the original tweet about our tweet thread talking about this stuff. And then I, I watched that episode and it was, there was a little bit more besides what he shared on there, which I thought was cool. Yeah, yes, absolutely. I, I ended up I ended up watching that full thing myself out of curiosity. And like I like my first reaction is I'm inclined to agree with him. Like because and then like calm down a bit. I'm just like, okay, I mostly agree with him. Uh, like there's a couple of caveats in there. So I guess let's get started. The the first part of this is hey guys, do you do you think that you should have to finish a game to review it? Who wants to go first? You go first. I, I'm I'm deferring to Jake James here. Yes. All right. So, so you know, as someone who has done reviews professionally for a long time, I've done it now for over a decade. You know, I'm going to my 12 years and, and next year. So it's I've, I have a good amount of experience. I think I can say about making reviews. The thing is, a lot of this discussion, this debate about reviews, is not about reviews themselves. Like the whole idea about do you need to finish a game in order to review it and stuff that's one part of it yeah of course and that's the thing that everybody goes to but really the bigger issue and the bigger like discussion debate is not about that you know personally for me i think that you should always attempt to try to finish a game to review it but i think that it's all down to the subjective and personal experience that you have one of the things that like i liken it to and i was literally talking about this with someone i would say a couple weeks ago about you know other stuff related to it you know about movies and such is that i always take a lot of inspiration from like roger ebert and Gene Siskel, because those are the critics that everybody emulates and takes example from no matter what field that you're in, that you're reviewing something, some form of entertainment, some media, whatever. We mm. take a lot of it from them. And with them, the big difference, obviously, between what they did and what we do in games is that they have set amount of times for movies, usually about three or so hours, you know, in series, maybe a little bit longer for TV series, where there's a finite amount of time that you have to, you know, hit in order to like you know watch this and like talk about it and have a sort of like you know opinion about it or a discussion about it with games our biggest difference is that we have a lot more time spent with these experiences so it's a little bit more nuanced it's a little bit more deeper but at the same time there's still experiences and that's where movie criticism and game criticism relate you know there's a lot of parallels between them i think that if you have the ability to you should always try to make the attempt in order to finish the games. There's a couple instances, however, that obviously need to be acknowledged that you can't finish a game, which is an everlasting game, which is like a puzzle game or like an MMO that's like ongoing, that's evergreen, is like what a lot of people call it. There's there's instances like that, but like I think that really where it bends down to is that if you could play a game long enough where you feel like you get a good and solid idea or, or perspective on the experience that it's offering you, then technically, yeah, no matter how long that you play a game, you could always talk about it. You could play like a 100-hour plus game, but if you play like 50 to 75 hours about it and you feel a certain type of way for most of that time, I feel like you could sit down and have a conversation about it. That doesn't necessarily mean, though, every game has a set like benchmark that you have to hit. It's different for everybody. Again, it's a very subjective thing. Even Colin, in his conversation where he was talking about, it, he said that one of the games that he finished, that he re- that he didn't finish, that he reviewed, was Amy, and because he was having such a bad time with how terribly made that game was. And he, like you said, that's the thesis of his statement. That's one aspect of it. And it's again, it's different for everybody else. But as long as you sit down, the way that you could articulate your thoughts about a game and your experience about it, I think then it doesn't matter how long you play the game. I think 
I think that is mostly correct. I, I think that it, a lot of the time it comes down to the individual game. Uh, I go back to like you know when we first started reviewing games. Uh, in my case, we start we just started doing what text reviews in '09, Aaron. In '08. '08. Okay, so like in '08, and I remember a little bit like two years after that a big controversy came out of like final fantasy 13 where like, <laughs> yeah, no. I, and, and like a big controversy was like, well, the like first 20 hours are horrible garbage, but the other the, uh, like 30 hours to 40 hours after are amazing. And I remember like a lot of people, you know, complaining about reviews of that game because they were very positive. Uh, and I remember I came out and gave it a very negative view because, like, I'm just like, I'm sorry, I didn't finish. I got 15 hours in and I hated this. I absolutely I hated you. this. Um, I, I think, like I, I think a lot of where a lot of the problem comes in is, is like, you, you'll go look at, like, you know, a big game journalist PSN profile or their Steam profile or their Xbox Live profile, and they'll, like, review a game and they'll have gotten, like, an hour into it. Or well, you know, like- that, that was the thing that I was going to, I was alluding to where I said, like, really, this discussion isn't about reviews themselves. It's mm-hmm. about the opinions that are just being thrown out there. I think that really where people have a problem or where people are getting a lot of the animosity is the obnoxiousness mm-hmm. sometimes of these reviews and the obnoxiousness of these opinions and these stances or these hot takes from a lot of people, especially those from larger websites or larger outlets that have a byline or have a mass head. And I feel that is where the problem is because everybody's going to have their own opinions about games, you know, no matter what it is. There's there's 101 different opinions about The Last of Us Part 2, like not so long ago, for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean they're all right. doesn't necessarily mean that they're all wrong. But I think that where people have an issue is that if you're part of like a larger outlet and you have like a mass audience or you're like representing like a certain website or whatever else and you're there to review a game and stuff, you should at least give it due diligence, but also try to present your opinion and present your stance on it without trying to attack your readers, which gets into Uh, another discussion, which I think is also part of the problem. Again, it becomes this blender of like all these different things that's making people feel a certain type of way about it and everything's just getting conflated with one another. One excuse I always see is like, oh, well, we got to meet embargo, we got to meet embargo, we got to meet embargo, we got to meet embargo. And I've definitely been in that chase. I think everyone here has had a review code before embargo, and it's just like, well, if I want to maximize my traffic, um, then I got to get this up. I've gotten games like literally the day before embargo or the day of. That That's the stuff that hurts. And like that, that type of argument becomes a straw man's argument at that point. Right. And, and then it, it's also the fact that like, Especially, I feel, if you're the size of an IGN or a GameSpot, um, your, your audience shouldn't, like, you shouldn't have to depend on that. And, like, even as a content creator as a whole, like, I feel as though if your whole model is, like, oh, I have this, you know, I have access, then your content in general isn't that great. And you need to really rethink some stuff. Well, that's what Colin was saying. Like, that, that was the big crux of, like, the thing he was pointing out. It's like, listen people that care about your opinion and your audience that cares about your opinion, they'll wait. Like you don't necessarily need to hit the embargo date. Like there is a business side of it. There's an SEO side of it and analytics side of it where it's like, okay, by hitting the time the embargo goes live, like when the, the minute, literally the minute of 
that it lifts. If you're the first one out there, more than likely you're going to get the better SEO score or the SEO like push from all these different places, especially Google, because you're the first one there. That's everybody's looking for this right now. It's going to get pushed around. It's going to get put in the recommended on YouTube and all this stuff. Of course, there's a business aspect to it, but then you have a lot of other people that don't necessarily have to worry about that or they choose not to, and they still do pretty well. Even though over time, technically the, the relevance of a review for, especially for more current games and modern releases starts to depreciate over time. It's in a very short time after that, like that, after that first week, most people you'll see, like, you know, when it comes to reviewing newer games, they won't even talk about or even care about some of the releases that came out recently. Like those reviews for Cyberpunk 2077, granted, there was a whole other thing that made that game relevant. But after that, like first week and a half, I want to say, like nobody was caring about reviewing Cyberpunk because everybody knew what was up or everybody had gone some of the major places or the major individuals that were talking about it. Now they were all just talking about the controversy afterwards. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and I think that an- another part, you know, another part of this is yeah, like people are willing to wait. And then, but like you said, you do have the business side of it and, you know, we've experienced that here where like, you know, we don't get, we don't get anything pre-access right now. Um, I haven't even bothered to try to get it. Um, I have some of those contacts still from my previous employer. I haven't even bothered. I, I just don't think it's worth it all that much. And even if, and we don't have the size of audience to support it anyway. So I'm right now. So I'm just like, it's not even worth my time to do that dance. So, and you know, our, our audience is largely willing to wait, but like, yeah, no, when, when, when I've managed to get a game day of and murder play it through the weekend and come in on Sunday and be like, well, hey, I got that new thing on Friday and beat it today. Yeah, you notice the traffic difference on YouTube. You, you notice the difference on Twitch. For sure. You know something too that's also a part of it that, that Colin brought up and other people brought up is that there is a lot of complaining where from a lot of individuals, especially those that are employed on salary from a lot of these outlets mm-hmm. about having to waste their weekend, you know, playing a game for review and stuff. And I get there's, there's a, there's, that's a whole nother discussion about it. But I think also people are kind of fed up with like seeing that constantly pushed out on like social well, media. Well, like, d- d- looking at it like you're, yo, you're complaining because you got to sit down and, and play a game through the weekend actually for review and there's obviously more to it but i could totally understand where people are coming from it was like yo like and even colin says it's like yo some people have to go do crazy jobs like you know and work overtime and do all this other stuff it's like you shouldn't complain about it too much like like it's it's just like weird because like and yeah because and the thing is is like that job is you know, there, there are parts of this job, you know, and working for like an IGN or a Destructoid or wherever, where like, yeah, it's not ideal. And you're maybe you're playing some garbage game for the weekend and working through the weekend. But like, on the other hand, it's just like, bro. Uh, yeah, like, but like, bro, I used to like be a special needs caregiver where I got assaulted and worked like 60, 70 hour weeks. <laughs> like, so, you know, like, like that's. <laughs> you know, so it's 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 really it's just because like when so many people are doing it for free, and like yeah, yeah, you know, that, I've been in that position for a long time. I did this for free for a very long time. That's how I cut my teeth on knowing how to write a review and construct a review and have my own opinions about stuff. And I feel like a lot of the people that are, do end up getting those jobs that are paid and stuff, you usually see them and they come from a little bit of an entitled position where sometimes where I could, like I said, I could totally understand where people are like, yo, you need to really stop complaining because the majority of us that are freelancing or just haven't gotten hired yet or haven't broken up 
or broken out with like a bigger, larger audience to like sustain ourselves through like Patreon and YouTube and stuff. Mm-hmm. We're still doing it. We're not complaining. Like we're we're get hardly getting anything, if anything at all. You know, you shouldn't really be like that. It, it, again, it gets into another conversation outside of like what I feel like Mikey D was trying to touch on and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, it really again gets hodgepodge with everything else. Right. Well, there's there's a lot of layers. So, so Aaron, where are you on this? Because because I know that you like. Where are you on this? So I, I've been kind of staying quiet because because these two these two guys here are much more review oriented than I am and and than I have been for a while. You know, we started GameCraft in '08 and we did written reviews like basically just for fun. Like it was you know we wanted to you know turn it into something, but uh, it was just something we enjoyed doing and it was emulating you know the people that 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 we. Uh, like Giant Bomb, like just watching what Giant Bomb did and like seeing those expert game reviewers do their thing, like really inspired us and got us really thinking about that stuff. And um, and then like, but, sorry, go ahead. Well, and I was going to say like, and then we moved over to Gamer Access and like, I remember there was a period where I was doing like three, four reviews a month. Like sometimes yeah, no, you were hitting that, that harder. I do a lot, you know, for smaller games and games that, like obviously the bigger games that used to come up, but there'd be games that other people didn't want to review and didn't want to check out that I ended up. Yep. Playing. Yep. Nope. That's how it goes. Let me, let like, me everybody tell you. stuff, but nobody wants to play these other games from like all these other publishers and indie devs that want, you know, the games to be reviewed. It's just more content. So I, I ended up just stepping up to the I, plate. Yeah, yeah. No, just like I reviewed a lot of NIS games that a lot of people didn't yep. want to play. <laughs> I reviewed a lot of, let me tell you, everyone wants to review in 2012, like Borderlands 2. No one wanted to review Awesome Knots. Right. Yep. Um, you know. Yep. Uh, anyway, Aaron, sorry, go on. You're fine. Uh, but yeah, so what happened was during that Gamer Access time, I, I realized like reviews weren't really my thing and I kind of fell off. And, uh, but what, where I come from this is like more of a consumer perspective rather than from a reviewer perspective. Mm-hmm. And from that point, like I think back to the Gamergate drama. Mm-hmm. Now we can sidestep all the, all the other stuff involving Gamergate. That's, you know, that's a have to big that right fish. Yes. Four hour conversation. Like, <laughs> literally. But, but like, there are a lot of questions around the nature of games journalism and uh game reviews during that time and the question that was answered that i feel like answered most of this this these problems was uh can you give an objective review and it's like not really no like, because there's no such fucking thing yeah like people that that constantly push that out on twitter and social and in youtube videos sometimes most of the time, I could tell you, as someone that did re- a review and did other content for the largest website out there, again, I did it for IGN, you know, mm-hmm. they don't know what they're talking about. Because reviews are usually subjective, but they're based off of objective facts. That's no. where they're, they're trying to well, say. Th- this, is, right. this is, you know, I remember, you know, so I remember like when we, when Ray and I were doing those videos for Destructoid, um, and like for the review, you know, the main thing about their reviews is they, they just, they they didn't you know really care about you know our opinion like they would post whatever they just wanted the you know the script to be good for whatever video we were doing at the time and I remember uh, and the thing I, I very much distinctly remember though was like okay but we need this to be more entertaining in the script which I was just like um okay I guess you know and th- that was weird to me but you know that's what they're you know, team wanted. 
better, like for video, I guess. Yeah, and so I found that weird. And then, other than that, though, it's it's very much just like you have these people who don't know what an objective review is because what objective review would be is the game has sound. That's because, like, okay, you want you want the, you know, it is an RPG. I mean, there there is a spectrum too. Like, is it objective or subjective to say prototypes graphics are bad? That's objective. Well, no, that's, that's subjective. It's it's kind bad, of a mix, right? Like, it's not. No, no, no. It, it's subjective because like bad is a, is is a personal preference type of thing. Because mm-hmm. a game, Wind Waker, this this perfect example. Wind Waker for a lot of people back in the day, a lot of revisionist history with it was bad because what they wanted was a Twilight Princess type of thing, like working in a time. So right. when they saw Wind Waker, they said like, "What the hell is this?" Even though that's a beautiful freaking game, like when, when you look well, at it. But the yep. thing is, is, like that that something like that is subjective. Something that is objective is saying like, okay, like the controls are very stiff to to, to use, or there's bugs in certain areas that that are frequent. But, you know, well, there's like crash. Like that's objective. Right? Yeah. Like, like I think uh, like the pro- like the objective version of what you said with prototype would be um, the the visuals on a technical level. Uh, are are not match up with the w- industry standard in, yeah, at this moment. Yeah, or? yeah. I guess that would be the closest thing you would do. Like or no, say, no, I, I think it would be more. It would be more like uh, there's texture pop in, or like there there's a very bad like uh, what is it? Field of view. There's a very mm-hmm. bad camera. Like that. That's the type of thing that I would say like related to graphics or like you know there's certain characters that like are really detailed, but like the rest of the world is polygonal. Like there, there's a lot of different uh, things, like a lot of variations of that that I would say is more objective. Uh, okay, right. yeah, I, I I can see that. I definitely. But, see. And then there are people who just place different importance on each of these factors. Right. You know, this could be a deal breaker for one person and not matter at all to another person, which right? Makes like, it all the more subjective, right? Like uh, you know, game feel is something that's super hard to describe, but it's something that's like super important to me. You yeah. know, and then so like, you know, trying to find that for reviews is very difficult. Um, I think that what one thing that like, so, so like you said, uh, you know, that it, there's a bunch of different stuff overlapping. It's like you have like a very entitled professional press combined with an audience who's fucking sick of it, you know, combined with like, you know, that entitled press, you go and look at their Xbox Live profile, and they've reviewed a game but played, like, 90 minutes of it. People bring that up, and, they, and the reason being is because a lot of people are right. Because you can't tell me that, like, you, you could say, like, this, like, if you read a review and you say, like, this entire game is, like, a certain way and stuff, and in your trophies it only shows you didn't even get past the first few levels, objectively... Like, since we're saying objective a lot, like, objectively, that is, like, something that everybody's going to have a problem with. Like, they just know if ands or buts. Like, especially if they're, you know, for a lot of reviews that I see from a lot of outlets, which is pretty terrible, there's a lot of generalized, like, broad-stroking statements about stuff. And they're usually pairing it up with other opinions that don't necessarily are uh, need to be part of the review. Perfect example I could say of this was, like, if you guys remember when Street Fighter V was coming out, okay? Mm-hmm. When I was former outlet i wasn't the one who did the street fighter 5 review but i had a big problem with the one that we did have that i actually did a follow-up editorial talking about street fighter 5 and was because in the review that they originally had it was literally like a paragraph or two of just criticizing capcom's uh release practices and for me stuff like that when in a review as subjective as it might be and stuff stuff like that has no place in a review because it's not about the game at that point like that's the type of thing that right like 
it belongs over there, not in an actual evaluation of what you well, have in front of you. So the rev- reviews are two things. They're, they are consumer advice, and then, like, our second in our industry, at least, they're consumer advice, and then secondary to an extent, like, artistic critique. You know, so, and, you know, they, they kind of blur a line between the two. So, like, yes, that's totally inappropriate for that. Unless it somehow affects, you know, the game itself. Um, I think that was weird. And you can say the same thing about, like, Far Cry 5, I think it was at one point, where everybody was trying to get political as far as talking about other stuff that wasn't in the game. That literally just had nothing to do with it. And it's like, how are you going to hold that type of stuff against the game? Like, it, it happened in other times, too, as well. But it's like, I think another aspect of this, where people see these types of discussions and feel a certain way about it, is where, it's, you know, you have all these things that have happened over a longer period of time, like almost nearly 10 years now, almost to a point for some places. And it's just like, you know, you see these constant, like, obnoxious, like, hot takes and just constant things that are thrown out there. It feels like at times, you know, some people could feel like, you know, the, 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 the people that are making these types of content, the people that are employed by some of these places are just trying to get at the audience, you know, trying to look good towards uh, other people. And so, I think that's another thing that people get tired of. So, uh, real quick, uh, Aaron, what were you going to say? I heard you were, you were making something up. Oh, I, I was going to go into finishing up my, uh, oh, no, my okay. thoughts on that. Um, but, uh, answering the the you know objective review is tends to be subjective i think what ended up happening and we're still dealing with it because we still have a you know very much a traditional press you know doing proper reviews and all that and that still matters to a point you know where it's on metacritic and wikipedia and all that uh but i think what happened post all of that is people started really looking to personalities not like professional press to get the points of view that either one match their point of view or two, they like their personality and hearing their take on a game, they can tell whether they would like or like it or not like it. Um, like, you know, uh, well, yeah, yes, absolutely. Like, and I, and I think that's why like we've had growth. I think that's why, you know, a lot of YouTubers and Twitch outlets have gotten growth. Like, you know, so for yeah. example, you know, I listened to Castle Super Beast, and mm-hmm. before that, I enjoyed them when they were Super Best Friends play. You know, Pat Pat's opinion of Resident Evil to me means a lot more than the opinion of someone who has never played those games, or I don't know their entire history with those games at all. And you know, and even if they, I did know it, I might not agree with it. You know, right. versus right. someone who like you've invested, you know, time and whatnot into. So I I think for better or worse, the nature of review of reviewing games online has become very much more look for the personality or the playing style that resonates with you rather than the people who like have trained to give like a neutral, comprehensive review of a game. Um, I think uh, people have just found that looking to the personalities that that resonate with them uh gets them a better understanding of how they would feel about the game and to relate it back to the original question is like if the person that they resonate with played the game for two hours and said you know i'm not feeling it i'm not liking it you know but then all we're also upfront about the fact they only played two hours if you hide that shit that's a problem yeah that, 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 that yes well i mean just I, like you know we're about that yeah, mm-hmm. every week we come on here and like I tell you exactly how much I've played of whatever I've played. Like yeah. you know, we're gonna I'm gonna go over the Mass Effect Legendary Edition later and like played about an hour and a half so far. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It was like that with new Pokemon Snap recently. Like I was on Easy Allies' podcast to talk about new Pokemon Snap, and it's like we literally just got it the day before, like that. So we were just up front. It was like, listen, we played such and such amount of it, but we're still enjoying it. Like you know, we we still feel a certain way about it. Yep. Yeah. No. No. It's and yeah. Like like that's the, you know it's the problem. Like I said, you run into is like, well, you know, you go on. You know, so and so has been saying, oh yeah, I've. Like, uh, recently, it was, uh, well, Justin Davis out of, uh, IGN said, I think I want to say it was Justin Davis. I'm not 100% sure, though. It's just like, you know, at this point, I don't think I would ever really use my, I like my PS5. I'm not really digging my PS5 that much due to Game Pass. It was, uh, you know, I've been using my Series X ever, like, every single day because of Game Pass. But then you go and look at his uh, Xbox Live profile, and dude hasn't like played a game in like three weeks. It's funny you mention that because Colin touched on it. He's like, "Listen, I try to give everybody the benefit of the doubt, and I, and I think that's fair to do that, especially when you're part of this like field and you have colleagues that are out there so in the public eye, right? You know, this type of stuff or giving off an impression. I think it's important to give the benefit of doubt." But that's something where I feel like even when when you have it at home, like you just log online. I've been in I've been in positions where I've gone games early, like really early before release, mm-hmm. where they add to show you like your trophy stuff or whatnot. But that doesn't <coughs> ban you being online and like playing the game and stuff where they could update, you know, your actual profile and stuff with like trophies or achievements and stuff. I think that sometimes people just tend to be a little bit knee jerk with putting the actions out there, thinking about like opinions and stuff and not de- de- thinking about or de- wanting ready to deal with the repercussions of their stuff, of their uh, actions or what they put out there, you know, and the opinions that come mm-hmm. to them and then they get upset about it later. You know, it's just weird to me. I, and to be fair, and like I said, I, I agree with you on trying to give people the benefit of the doubt because I've had games that hide your trophies or achievements until the game's out. Um, I, I've totally had that where like I'm getting the achievements, but then I go and click on my profile and the game isn't there. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, what the fuck? Okay, whatever. Sure. It's on PSN a lot on PS4 that that used to happen to me all the time where I'll have something. I'll get like the full trophy list, but you won't see it on there until like the day of release. You know what's really actually super annoying about that though? Is when like you're trying to go for a platinum or a hundred percent. And you can't check the full achievement list. So you're yep. just like... No, there's a way around it. All you have to do is just check it via offline. Like, you don't sync it. And you can actually look at the stuff that's oh. on the console. Okay. So okay. I figured that out randomly one day on accident. I was like, oh, okay. Now I can actually see, like, what's up. Like, how far I'm, you know, ahead in this game. And I can plan ahead of time. Oh, God. That's that's smart. Okay. Pretty sure it's the same thing on the Xbox uh, on the Xbox Live uh, system. It's the same thing. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah. No. That. Yeah. So. But yeah. So. And you do want to give people that benefit of that doubt. I, I will say it's like not everyone who you know works on this is malicious or you know you know they're they're you know they're dealing with a lot of the same stuff you are etc cetera, etc. Cetera, but it's yeah, it's one of those things where. Like, it's a fine line, and, you know, it, it's, you know, like Aaron said, it's why more personality-driven stuff is 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 growing, you know, it's just like, and and to be fair, niches are growing, it's just like, you know, I, I go and I look on Twitch, for example, and I'm like, no one cares about IGN's World of Warcraft expansion review, no one cares, as an example. Everyone get, but everyone who is into WoW 
cares about Asmongold's opinion on that. The you know, forty thousand people watching him right now this morning uh, talk about all the new drama regarding World of Warcraft. You know what it is too. I think. I think you know as far as on the side of the consumer and the people that are on the outside looking in, to mm-hmm. you're not speaking perspective you can't blame people for feeling a little bit skeptical or a little bit like sensitive on this type of stuff especially in the wake of things like what happened like with philip Mewson, you know and a lot of other yeah. instances and, you and see that and again someone that doesn't know the inner workings of the industry will look at that and be like yo like you're ign you're you're the largest outlet well, out here like you shouldn't be having stuff like that happen like why would i trust you if this got so well, deep e- even like, feeling like that well another another piece of that is like how buddy buddy a lot of games media is with publishers like you know no, no offense to the kind of funny guys or IGN or games or anybody who does this uh but like it's it's always kind of gross to see like a review on a website or on a channel and then like right before it see an ad for that game or like see branding for that game like it's always like it always has rubbed me the wrong way. You know what I think is worse than that, that or at least gives off a worse impression? Because, again, it's us that are in the industry know that, like, obviously, a lot of instances, that's not the case. And it's not as bad as people would think it is. But what makes it even look worse, when you start to see people, you know, the, usually people that are now outside of the websites, like, again, like the kind of funnies and like other places, well, they'll get merch or they'll get, like, big, like, deliveries and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that unboxings and stuff and then go do content slash review content of the game like that's i think is gives it a worst impression it's like it's the same thing that happened with jason Stroud recently where he pointed out that some guy was doing that stuff after the dude tried to to clap at him he's like oh really like you want to talk about like questionable ethics or question morality like look at this and, and it's not the case you know it's not always the case where like people are being facetious but it just looks bad to the person it, that it does, well, well like i mean look at before release all those people last year who got like those cyberpunk chairs right Exactly. Like, that's what exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, look at how many. Like, look at you know a perfect example of this. I think back to years ago is uh, the Rooster Teeth podcast. That's what with, I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. That that Jeff Gersman controversy that yeah. happened, where uh, Giant Bomb gave Fallout Four a three out of five, uh, and on the patch Rooster Teeth gaming podcast at the time, they like rudely criticized it in him because they thought that game was great, and like someone pointed. <laughs> what? And then he clapped back. He was like, yeah. "Oh, really? Like, we're, we're this, you want to talk about us? Like, I, look at all this." I I, I, I pulled the exact quote during this because I made me think of the story. So someone asked him on his Tumblr about it, and he says, "I'm not familiar with. I'm not super familiar with Rooster's output. Aren't they the same crew that produced a series of videos about Fallout Four that were brought to you by Fallout Four? Because certainly that's what I'd go with about for honest opinions about Fallout Four. Yep, I remember uh, this. And like, yeah, like that is super uh-huh. gross. Yep. You know, like, and you know, it, it really is. You know, like, it, and unless you have someone, like, you know, like the giant bomb is one of the few people who I would like trust to handle something like that. Where, like, if they ran an ad on the website and then reviewed it, I would be a little less sus. But like that's that's attributed to Jeff Gersman specifically him because of what happened to him and what what he did and I think that that really gave him a lot of credibility amongst a lot of people generational like not just people that were fans back then but even now yeah no like you you any you know that story if you hear it now you're like oh okay 
Like, yeah, you know, it's it, it you know, it, it gives him, it, yeah, like you say, give him a lot of credibility, it gives him a lot of leeway with stuff like that, and then, you know, it certainly helps that, like, he doesn't shy away from hard questions, you know, and and that's that's great, because, like, you know, you'll watch his, those E3 Phil Spencer interviews, and, like, yeah, he'll, he'll pitch a couple softballs, but he'll also ask them, like, hey, man, what's up with this, you know, and it's, you know, it's... It's nice to see that, and it's nice to see that, like, like what you know. Um, who was it? There was a. Uh, this was brought up by David Jaffe recently about how uh, some major website had Bobby Kodak for an interview. Well, that was uh, GamesBeat. That yeah, was it, uh, uh, Dean Takahashi. Yes, and like he just asked him a bunch of softball questions, and David Jensen's like, why don't you fucking ask him about all this tax evasion shit? And the uh, reason he was is that, that he would never get him again. That's the problem. That That's the chicken mm-hmm. and egg issue. It's, it's like, you want that access, but then like if you start doing your job, like how some people think that you're supposed to do your job, you'll lose the access. And it's like, okay, the tug of war in this bouncing act of how do I do this but also not be denied for life? But that's the problem with Kotaku in some places and in a few other instances where people will do whatever, or they'll break stories and stuff, and they'll never get access to the games ever again, or they'll never get access to events but, ever again. It's, it's but, just weird. Like, the thing is, though, is, like, that your job is, like, to the consumer, and this is, and, like, you know, especially at a place called Games Beat, mm-hmm. you know, which is all about, supposed to be about, you know, the news and reporting, especially as its name would imply, like, no, fuck access. Dean, Dean Takahashi got bigger issues to worry about than uh, that, though. Like, he needs to know how to get through the first level of freaking Cuphead before anything else. Like, <laughs> you want like, to now, but like, that, that was that's another thing that people bring up sometimes. It's like, oh, look at this. And it's like, you can't blame people for feeling like that when you see it, and it just makes everybody look silly. You want to know what's crazy about him? He wrote a really good um, book, like a small form book about the history of the Xbox. Hmm. Um and that's and that's how I knew about that dude up until that cuphead shit came out. Him and, and another one that that comes up sometimes was Arthur Guys from Polygon because Arthur Guys was the one that had the bad Doom gameplay that everybody poked fun at that was just like really terrible. And so it's instances like that. It's silly. It's stupid, and it's definitely not representative of everybody in the industry. I mean, look at us. Like we're not that bad, you know. And this is you know, there's a million and one different reasons like something like that will come up. But like when you talk about these types of conversations, these discussions based off these tweets that come up about reviews and stuff, it's the same stuff that everybody brings up, and they just don't know any better. They just only see that stuff that's so put out there by people. And the, again, sometimes the conversations the people involved with it just don't make it any better. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, you know, so so yeah, it, it's just this. Mm, it, it it's this big mess. And I feel a lot of the industry doesn't handle it well. And, you know, and then, like, you have people who, you know, work in the industry, you know, journalists, you know, critics, etc., like, lashing out at their audience who, you know, calls them out on some of this shit. And it's like, like, no, dude, you're just, like, I'm sorry, it does look like you are on the take. To me, that's a lack of professionalism that that's something that like it's way it's accepted way too more often by other individuals and, and it goes unchecked and it goes to one of those things where i feel like you know sometimes the the people that end up doing that like they they take for granted 
the amount of like a uh, 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 privilege and ability that they have to speak to a lot of people. And I just, I just, I'm not a fan of that. I see it way too often, even in some of my inner circles that I've gone to and, and talked to other people in the industry and stuff. I just, I'm not a fan of that. Uh, and like, that. you, you'll see other like journalists and critics and media I, people on. encourage it. And I'm just like, bruh. I really don't like it. It's, it's a terrible thing because. You know, a lot of those people, a lot of their audience really comes to them for their opinions and stuff. They're taking time out of their day to go f- find out, like, what you have to say and to insult them or to, to put them down or, or to, like, paint everybody in this broad brush as, like, certain things, like certain labels and such. Mm-hmm. That's not to me. Like, you, you see that sometimes from YouTubers and influencers and for one reason or another. But, like, the majority of the time I'm always hearing about this stuff or seeing it on social media is usually coming from people that end up working at some of these outlets. And it's like, you, you need to do better. I feel like you need to be the right. professional adults. Like, the thing is, I'm more understanding of, like, the YouTuber, especially, you know, depending on how old they are. Like, like you represent an IGN or a GameSpot or, you know, wherever, and, like, you're coming out and just, you look like a jackass. You look like a jerk. People end up being obnoxious like that, and you would think it would be that way, because I've met people throughout the years that have been like that on YouTube that are, that are just, you know, their channels or their streamers or whatever. But like, I see it way too often amongst professionals and amongst, amongst professional circles where there, there comes a point where it's like, you know, you want to say something, you want to be like, Hey, listen, maybe you shouldn't do that because that's just rude. It has nothing to do with the audience feeling the way that it has to feel. I think that sometimes we, we seem to forget that, like, look, if we're going to be public figures, we have to accept the fact that like celebrities or like other people that are public figures, there's going to be scrutiny and there's going to be opinions and criticisms thrown at you from all directions. You have to be able to rise above that and be better than any of that and not stoop to that type of level because then otherwise you're no better than them, in my personal opinion. Right. And, and, and it's this it's... <sighs> All right, yeah, like, it, 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 dude, just it, just like every time I see, just like, it, it, and the thing is, is like, yeah, when the audience is being uncalled for and they respond that way, I, I'm a little more on their side. Like, I remember back in the day, I reviewed Call of Duty: Modern Warfare Three, and like, I got, I gave it a seven point five, and like, some people in the comments were just like, pop it off on me, and I, I said some mean shit back to them. I'm not gonna lie, but like. I, you know, it was never to the point of where, like, it was never the point of where some of these people go, you know, and, like, like they responded with, like, another review by another hater, and I'm just like, I gave it, <laughs> st- and I'm just like, I gave it a 7.5 on our scale, that's good. I just mm-hmm. don't think it's as good as the other four shooters I've reviewed this year that are Gears 3, Killzone 3, and Resistance Three, like those are. You think about it, <laughs> like yeah, and, and air, like it's yeah. just crazy. Like and like I just like another review by another hater. He, you know, he mentioned like just, and I was just like, oh my god. The best part is, is the, is our audience at the time came and defended me. I didn't even have to talk that much. I was just like, oh okay, that's cool. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's it's just like, yeah, everyone needs to be better. Everyone needs to be better. That's that's that that that's that's kind of where it, it leads, and you know, and then you know, like I said, I, I think the the final thing for me is like if you're gonna review a game, back to the original topic, if you're gonna review a game, uh, you know, just be honest about what you or you know, even talk about a game. Just be honest about like what you've played, how much you've played, and you know, etc. Like I, you know, I, 
You know, like I came out on the, this podcast, like, well, when did Outriders come out? A month ago? About a month ago? Mm, yeah, around that. Yeah, a little, maybe a little more than that. I think. Yeah, and like, and I, I said I I've played about an hour and a half of this. I don't like it. It feels like the most generic game of all time. Uh, and like I'm not sure if I'm going to play more than ninety minutes of it. I'm sorry. And like I was completely honest about it. It's just, you know just where I am. Just like how like you know this week. Hey, I've played about ninety minutes of Mass Effect. I love it so far. I'm probably going to play a lot more. I'll let you know more next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, yeah. I don't know. Anyone, anyone yeah. make closing with this stuff? Aaron, I know, like I said, you you were... Uh, I mean, it, it, that, that goes back to the the uh, attempt to be the neutral comprehensive review and more the personality base. Like, if we're not interested in playing Outriders, we're not going to play Outriders. And But if we were at a big... If we were at an IGN, if we were at any of these outlets, like, if we were tasked with playing Outriders, I'm going to play a lot of Outriders. Yeah, that, That's no. the job. But, like, that's just not the nature of, you know, what people are doing typically on, like, Twitch and YouTube. And no, it's, you know. no, like, if, like, Square sent us a review code for Outriders and, like, I said, hey, I'm going to do a full comprehensive review of Outriders. Yeah, I'd put, you know, whatever, yeah, I would, you know, play 30, 40 hours of Outriders and come in and do a full text review and come on the podcast and give, you know, a full opinion, you know, mm-hmm. and cut it together for, you know, YouTube and everything. It's just it, like, in this, you know, new era, like, that's not the case. You know, like we're we're kind of more at the whims of our audience now. If I log on to the Discord on you know Tuesday, and everyone's like, "We'd really like to hear you guys talk about Outriders," like I'm gonna like sigh and be like, "Okay, fine." <laughs> there, there's been demand for me to finish Final Fantasy VII, and I don't want to, but I <laughs> imagine I'm going to eventually because they keep asking. Do it now, <laughs> I, uh, I don't want to go into the crater. Let, let me put it this way as like a final thought on it. Like I, the way I look at it is that you have to give a game due diligence. I feel like, you know, if you're a critic or you're a reviewer, you're part of an outlet, you're hired by them. When I, you have to give it due diligence, however long that means like that, when you feel like you've given it due diligence, that's part of the job. I could say that in my career, even when I did the review for IGN, I reviewed Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm 4. I gave it a 5.5 and I got scrutinized and crucified. Oh yeah. The anime games, the fans are nuts. And stuff because you know that I was saying stuff, and, and it was also they tried to reason because IGN UK gave it an eight point something, and I gave it a five point five. No, no, little did they know, or didn't care to look up that I wrote the guide on IGN for the wiki guide for that same. Yeah, I played more than anybody else in the world at that time, like that. I felt just you know, however, I felt about it and stuff. I think that sometimes the job itself could be a little thankless with the opinions and the criticisms and stuff, and then some people are just not capable of like handling that reasonably and stuff, but. Eventually, things will even itself out. Either people will learn better or, like, the market and the, the viewers and stuff will feel a little bit different because things are always changing. They're always flowing and stuff. But I think that, like I said, you have to give a game and, and whatever it is that you're reviewing due diligence. Okay, so in the chat, for the love of God, please finish Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> you need to finish it. That's a game of the year contender. Oh, wait. wait yeah, right, yeah. No, no the original. This is the original. Oh, no, that's... You you got homework, yeah. You got it. You got a. It's a whole, it's a lot, and yeah, it's, 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 it's a, a lot, lot for someone who made a re-release though, because it has the stuff to make things go faster. That's the the godsend of the, the demo I played of the remake. What I really enjoyed it. 
I yeah, I I'm looking for I'm looking forward to that DLC in June. That, that's that's uh, on PS4 too. Apparently, it's going to be only on PS5 for a hot minute. But that's the, that's other. That's that's. I mean, that's fine. I I I'm going to play it. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> I spent uh, way too much damn money on the that, these new consoles. So yeah, right. I'm waiting for that one game that sells me on a PS5, and I just the games that are coming out and the games that are listed, they seem good. Like Returnal seems good. It certainly peaked I mean, my I interest. I thought it was going to be Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet and Clank. I thought it was going to be the game that, that did it for me. So then again, I got delayed, so I ended up getting it anyway. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Like, like for me, uh, I, I I'm such a Spider-Man mark that I, I got one at launch. Which, uh, not intended to, by the way. I wanted to get a Series X at launch. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was, I was very much, uh, I'm, you know, I've been drinking that Xbox Kool Aid because of Game Pass, and yeah. uh, just I couldn't get one. Well, I, well, I couldn't get a 3080. I couldn't get an Xbox, and then a friend of mine was like, a friend of mine and viewer of ours, HR Ninja, is like, "Yo, dude, I got an extra pre order," and I'm like, "I'll take it." Damn, <laughs> damn. No, and I'm all done. Bought nice. uh bought Demon Souls, played got quarter of the way through that. Platinum Miles Morales. The first week I had it, I love that game. It's oh, awesome, so good. It's so like, like yeah. Both those Spider-Man games are so damn good. Um, yeah. So, all right. That's that's reviews. Um, well, I'm sure we had we'll- a couple other uh, uh, questions related to reviews on our Ooh. itinerary here. Yeah, I was interested in entertaining. Okay, okay yeah, sure, sure, absolutely. As long as, as hey, I don't got that, uh, I got, I don't got that interview with the Halo people until two, so we got plenty of time. Okay, so. all right, hey, uh, so we went into this already, but just like a quick like recap: How much do reviews matter? Do you think they matter? They matter. They well, matter a lot to the yeah. audience because they kind of like it leads to a lot of discussion. I think as a whole, like. As for their original tent was like game purchasing advice, which I actually people don't think as many people go to them anymore for. I think what a lot of people do is they go on Twitch and they watch like two hours of footage and then are like, oh, okay. This yeah. is Instead of reading, which, which makes sense. You know, that I think that's the, the natural evolution of that stuff, especially mm-hmm. coming from like magazines into like print online well, and video. What got me to buy Resident Evil 8 is I watched, uh, you know, I watched a couple of different people play like it you know, a couple hours of it, and I'm like, oh, this is, like, way closer to four than these these games have been in a while. So I was just like, okay, cool. Yeah, like, I'll totally go pick that up. But, but I guess that's my question, is that we now live in an age where there's just thousands and thousands of hours of gameplay footage of these games, uh, and streamers are are getting their hands on these games, you know, as quickly as possible, and, and playing it immediately, and we can go and see it. Uh, you know, there are games like... Let me tell you, I was real interested in the reviews for Death Stranding. I wanted to read all of that stuff because it just seemed like such a fascinating, weird game. And I wanted to hear some like real informed, thought out opinions on it. But for like most games, like I'll just I'll, I would probably go watch a stream first and see whether I'd be interested in it or not. And then maybe if it if that didn't sell me right away, maybe then I'd go to a review somewhere. 
Uh, you know why yeah, that is? Yeah. Because, mm. because these things change form because, you know, the reviews, sometimes it's not just print. I mean, for all these mediums and the way that reviews are presented, they're always going to be relevant because they're always going to be a form for someone that's out there, no matter which one it is. There's always going to be people that are going to want to read reviews, like with images and stuff. There's mm-hmm. always going to be people that want to watch reviews. And then there's going to be people that they're going to get their reviews from just a live stream, which is a review in long form like that, like playing for an hour. So it just changes the way that it's presented, but it's still with the same type of intention for some people. I, I guess that was that was my question in the end is do you, do you consider a stream a form a form of informal review? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I think I think that's fair and anybody that says otherwise is not seeing the full picture because when you really think about it especially a first impressions if you see like your favorite streamer on Twitch or on YouTube sit down and play for like an hour or two maybe 3 hours of a game like that that's your full long form review you're getting everything that you want in review within that time frame especially if you watch the full thing. You sure. know if you're that in- the game so it's just presented differently it's like a different type of recipe of like your favorite dish you know it's just different and and different absolutely like i I remember you know when i was reading reviews back in the day it was like on GameSpot, and like they had those first video reviews come out and most people doing the reviews are very monotone and awkward you know and it's just like like a lot of the people that especially ones that write reviews sometimes or you see on like some of these websites are not good on camera this is why there was a lot of big pivot to people that are better on camera more so than you know whatever the substance of what they were saying that like a lot of people took issue with that and i understand it but that's just yeah. in the industry mm-hmm. yeah you can only have so many brad shoemakers where you go from one monotone ass voice to uh being able to give a full long, you know, podcast for a review of a game and be entertaining. Yep. Um, but um, yeah. Uh, next question was, I think we already talked about this was what or who are reviews for? Um, we were talking about, you know, uh, purchasing, you know, advice uh, and things like that. I mean, it's not really quite what it is anymore. I think still it is somewhat because <laughs> these are yeah, I think $60 and $70 titles. Yeah, I think it, it is, but also it gets conflated into people that just want to see if they have the right opinion. Uh, that's really what it comes mm, down to. Yeah. Not about buying purchases. I think with social media specifically, not, not gamers, with social media specifically, it's usually with people that want to know if they have the right opinion or if someone else has the same opinion as them. That's what it's turned into over time. And I think right. that's where people tend to get into a lot more other issues. Right. It's it's that push to, towards a more like subjective kind of take rather than the the neutral comprehensive take that has its pitfalls as well as its pros. Uh, yeah. Uh, in that way. Uh, and then a uh, final question that we have written down here is: uh, Should you score reviews? I I could speak to this because I in my in in my written reviews when I was at my former outlet I scored reviews because that there's a business side of it there's an SEO side of it and all outlets especially the larger ones. You know, they could talk about how they don't want review scores all they want, but the, it shows in the results with the amount of hits and the traffic and all these other things they get. But with my own personal reviews that I do on my YouTube channel, I don't score them because I believe that the way that you talk about a game and the way that you present your opinion about a game should say everything of what can inform of like how you feel about it. It should mm-hmm. actually give the, 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 the intention of like, okay, like whenever somebody's watching and stuff, they should get an idea of like, okay, he feels kind of similar like this way. And they could come up with a review score in their head. But really how you articulate it is where your opinion is going to come from rather than just a numerical score. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. Like, I, I think that if you're running a website or blog or, you know, whatever it is, you're, you're an outlet, like you kind of have to because of the business side of things. But from, you know, from a smaller standpoint, a video standpoint, um, you know, I don't think you need to. 
I do it because I believe the audience likes it. Like, that's the whole reason that I'm like, yeah, I think, like, if I have to, like, four out of five, five out of five. Like, honestly, honestly, for real talk, I don't think the audience likes it. I think it's just the subset of people that care about, again, like I mentioned, if they have the same opinion or if they have a right opinion, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. those are the people that care about. The people that care about just about games, like, in general and stuff, they'll go watch, like, an Angry Joe review and sometimes maybe not care about the score. They'll care about all the other shit he has to say about a game. Like, that, or they'll go watch... Like uh, like a, a Colin where I already talk about a game in like one of his long form podcasts and stuff. I really don't mm. think it's reviews that they enjoy. They just you know go more for the opinions more than anything else. Mm. Yeah, I, I thought about you know like when people rate a game three out of five. Like I, I realize when that happens, it's like I actually don't know what that means. I actually have to yeah. read the review anyway, and then the score doesn't help me actually all that much like, because. That could, that comes solely from G4 specifically, but also I think what well, another thing that gets really stupid sometimes is when they try to come up with like these silly things for the review scales, like the score. I know Pro Jared does that a lot, and I've always thought that was kind of stupid and stuff. I understand why because it tries to fulfill all these different niches and such, mm-hmm. but. Like, a lot of that, like, out of five or out of ten type of thing usually comes from either G4 or IGN. Usually the larger outlets, it's just the, tre- the trend center and stuff. And to translate that even to a Metacritic thing, which is a whole nother conversation yeah. in of itself, I think that gets thrown into the mix, even though it has nothing to do with the reviews specifically themselves. Right. Yeah, I mean, there is that business aspect of, like, you hear about publishers, you know, deciding what they're going to do with devs based on whether it got above or below 85% review score aggregate. It's like That's what Jaffe was talking about with that guy from uh, Tony Benz when he was talking about Days Gone. Oh, yeah. No, uh, the the famous ones like Fallout New Vegas, right? Where, like... Uh, And I I forgot there was one other one that was, like, really big that they were just under. They were, like, one point off, and they didn't get the bonuses. That's what happened to Fallout New Vegas. And I'm like, that's some horse shit. Yeah. That's some real horse shit. Especially because, like, most people, like, the fun, the, like, real life is that most people I know who talk about Fallout New Vegas act like it's, like, the best one. Um, Mm -hmm. I like Fallout 4. I mean, I'm a little biased, though, because I I did guide stuff for for Fallout 4, but I think they're all good. See, see, I don't like the Fallout games, and I, the Fallout 4 is the one I dislike the most because (laughs) of what happened to me with it. So at the time we were at the time at the outlet I was at we were doing live streams every day and the one that was kept being requested was Fallout 4 and me and the person who was doing the live streams basically had to play Fallout 4 against our will for like a month straight and then on top of that to make it even better the audience is judging how I play it the entire time I'm playing it. <laughs> the woes of the job. Everybody's like, yeah, exactly. Uh, just like we are judging your quality as a gamer right here live. That's what happened to me with Pokemon Tournament. My my Twitch streams used uh, to be a Pokemon Tournament. I used to play one character, and everybody used to just dog on me. Even though I used to poke fun at a lot of other stuff like that. Like it, it's just one of those woes. Like, wait, which character? Uh, I used to play a lot of Machamp. Nice. Like, as like, right. my main and. uh what is it? Everybody, every time I would complain about it, it was because, like, oh, well, you don't play anybody else, or, like, you just don't understand these other matchups, and it's like, you know what? <laughs> like, just forget it. I try, yeah, like, you can try them out, and then just have a main. Like, that happens in fighting games. Like, what? I'm with Street Fighter, and, and, and uh, Tekken, and, and any other fighting L- game. Like, I don't branch out to a second or third main and Tom, like, a hundred hours into a character, basically. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's mm, you know, 
what was the, the job is the, the way you said that was like yep mm-hmm. yeah no, you know it, it it's funny to think about but like you know i remember like people in the chat be like you need to fast travel more and i'm just like I don't want to fast travel. I want to walk across this horrible, beautiful wasteland. <laughs> Leave me now, alone. Now, in their defense, though, that is kind of a stupid idea not to fast travel where you need to go to. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's, his old, it's his old World of Warcraft uh, mind. He, he needs to physically travel over the space. We can't like, have no, these fast I, travel like, load times. Talk me, well, I'm going to walk from here to there, and y'all going to like it. <laughs> <This is funny. laughs> We were we were having this conversation about the difference between World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy fourteen. Final Fantasy fourteen, you have to go between zones and load screens and yeah, World right. of Warcraft, you you have to travel over that world at all times. D- 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 yeah. Anthony and I were having a conversation about that. Uh when like we were playing on Friday mm-hmm. where like we like where we're like we literally had to travel to the opposite end of the planet so he could learn how to tame pets on his hunter. You know, like flying in that game or in both of those games, but like really in World of Warcraft looks pretty dope. Though. Like it looks, <laughs> yeah, yeah, stuff like pretty cool. It's it's it is a like what uh, we're gonna discuss um, my time in FF14 and then going back to WoW later in the show because it's I have some things to say. Yes, you do. Um, oh, to, for better or worse, the people on Wednesday were not happy about the things I was saying. <laughs> You got beef. You got Look, beef man, with them now. Yeah, we, we have both World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy fourteen people in our Discord, and so there's Bronson's over here creating a schism. Oh, that's real <laughs> MMO beef. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. sharks yeah. like practically. <laughs> um, see, the difference is, is everyone who plays World of Warcraft actively hates their game. So, mm, uh, yes, is it classic or is it like the new expansion? Because again, I don't play those games. So that's not like not um, my thing. Hear about like obviously the, there was WoW Classic that got released at one point and all this so stuff. so I I'm a classic player these days, um, but like WoW Classic has been really great up until recently. They made some bad choices and they walked some of that back, which is part of our news stories today. Uh, but I'm still a little salty. And then retail is. Uh, you the Salta coming out, the NACL. Yeah, looks, <laughs> it remind you know, it kind of reminds me of Destiny 1, where at its core there's this great game that feels good to play, but all the periphery around it sucks. Yes, that is so true. <laughs> that is <laughs> like, so true. Like, that's where retail World of Warcraft is now, which, uh, you know. Anyway, so are we good with the review discussion? Are we on to news now? I think we're good. We've 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 uh, talked uh, through. Yeah, we. Uh, I'm happy to have this conversation again in three months. <laughs> yeah, right when there's another controversy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, hey, the video game Hall of Fame did another induction this year. No surprise. Ooh. They uh, do inductions it's every the year. Official. Yes, the official, the National Museum of Play. World Video Game Hall of Fame. All right. Did uh, yeah. so since 2015, they've been doing their uh, their you know inductees where they pick four to six games to throw in. And this year, the the games are where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Good pick. <laughs> sure. Microsoft Flight Simulator. Sure. Animal Crossing. Okay, that's a oh. good pick. That's and 
motherfucking Starcraft. That's a great pick. That's, that's a, a yeah. That's, that, yeah, I can get behind that. Okay. That's a that's a good that's a real good one. Uh no, all these make sense. Like, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Is a little, a little like. You know what? Well, I think I can make sense because I remember playing that game on IBM computers when I was younger. Like that was a game that a lot of people played in elementary school. That I, was like a thing because it was educational for them, you know, for one reason or another. But like that was a thing, like our interaction with them as DOS for the most part. Like it was just one of those like intro like gateways into other games for some people. Yeah, yeah, like I remember that game being on, like, like I remember that game being on like elementary school computers. Uh, I want to say it was on the Mac as well in our schools, mm. like an Apple too. Yeah, like yeah, like I'm like yeah, like like the like the OG Mac. Um, it was on as well. I want to you know, say yeah, it was on Mac OS. Yep. Okay. You know, I'm looking at some of the other inductees. Like after seeing these, like a lot, of these four now make a lot of sense when you look at like the backlog of other games. They yep. got an inducted. Like, and a lot of them make sense. Like, you know, in 2017, they inducted Street Fighter 2, Donkey Kong, Pokemon Red and Green or Red and Blue, just like that. And you go way back to 2015, they they put Super Mario Brothers, Doom, which Doom is like one of the first games I would think for something like this. Right, yeah, like like uh, like if you're like video game Hall of Fame, I'm like Mario, Zelda, Doom. The, the yeah. 2015 inductees is like spot on, like that. Like, that's a good list. Like I'm looking at others. Like the next year, they they included Grand Theft Auto Three, Sonic the Hedgehog, and then it got Oregon Trails, another one. Like Oregon Trail, I put on the same level with Karma San Diego. Yeah, like yeah, same. yeah. I yeah. I think I think Oregon Trail is a little more iconic, at least to the people I know. But like, yeah, yeah, that was a very much a like. Oh, hey, are you? Do you have a computer literacy class in the 90s? Well, here, enjoy it. <laughs> no. Here's a good question. I think I could got for you guys. What do you think are some future inductees? Like looking at this list now, or actually now that I look at, it, I go up a little higher to 2019. And one of the picks I was going to say, like, is already inducted. Like I was going to say, Mortal Kombat. You know that Street Fighter Two is in there, uh, but it's already in there. But like, what are some mm. games that eventually will make it in there? Like for me, if I could think of one of off like the top of my head and stuff, I would say Tekken that I, that I don't see on here. I was actually thinking about Tekken. I, I was going to say, uh, you know, it's funny. I actually went the other way. I was going to say Virtua Fighter. Oh, virtual Friday. Yeah, that's really <laughs> that's, that's, uh, my, my own that, bias is showing, but I would I would nominate Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a good one. That's a very good one. Rock Band. Yeah, I see that totally makes sense. Uh, Rock Band or Guitar Hero? I would say Guitar Hero. Guitar Hero because that's a like hard a, that's a hard one for me. You wouldn't have Rock Band. You wouldn't have Rock Band without Guitar Hero, and right. also Guitar Hero invented a genre practically for a lot of people. For a lot right. of people, right. yes, I. Look, man, I played rhythm games years before that. Uh, I mean, yeah, but and, and look, I, I skate is my rock band, but like I acknowledge the king, right? Um, and, you know, speaking of um, Lord uh, Call of Duty, duh, duh, Call of Duty four, I would say, yeah, I would say like, Call of Duty one or four, Call of Duty four was the one that changed the modern first person shooter. I think um, that it was World War Two Central before them. Um, before that, it was more about the controls because Call of Duty like one, two, and three control very different than Call of Duty four. Like they're, they're just Call, Call of Duty two is pretty close in my mind. Uh, now, granted, I played all of these on PC until no, I played on consoles. So like, I, I feel like that changed modern console first person shooters. I feel like and before that, I would say Halo or Halo two. Halo's on here. So, Halo's on here. But, but yeah. like but for me, I, if I had to choose one that like really did like a big big impact i would say call to the oh metal gear solid 
Oh yeah, Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, that's yeah. Well, that's no, I don't see Metal Gear anywhere on here. Oh, wow. uh, oh, there you go. That that's a definite <laughs> the first yeah, one, right? Uh, Castlevania or Super Metroid? Yeah. Yes. I was gonna say that, or Symphony of the Night specifically. I would specifically say, oh. Symphony of the Night. Yeah. Half Life or Half Life Two? I say Half Life Two, personally for me, but I, I got to understand Half Life being the one that, that makes it. Yeah. Um, Portal. Yeah. Eventually. Yes. yes, I would say Portal. I don't what? think it's. I don't think it's going to be twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two's inductees. No, no, yeah. but future. Uh, general, like, future yeah. ones in general. Eventually, like I feel like the, a game like Portal and Half Life could eventually make it onto there. Oh, yeah. I think I think Half Life way sooner. I think you 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 hear about the way people talk about Half Life One. It's like a religion. Yeah, and you know something? Like I'm looking through some of this list, and there's a lot of games of like old generations. Like Minecraft is on here in 2020. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's me. Like, and also we even have like you know what is it Bejeweled or, or not Bejeweled? Um, what is it? There, there was like a couple mobile game stuff I've seen here. Yeah, that's like, random, um, like that make, that's like impactful. I mean, like if you want to talk about like mobile games, like where's Flappy Bird? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Damn it. Uh, I would say Angry Birds should be on here. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That'll be a big one. I mean, like you want to talk about like cultural importance? So yeah, because yeah, there, there were a number of Angry Birds like games on like Newgrounds or something, but I don't think yeah. they're counting like Newgrounds games on here. Yeah, um, no. Induct uh, N plus <laughs> plus. Uh, <laughs> you got a console on here that I think would eventually get on here. Super Mario sixty four. I feel like that's another one that, like, again, like, the to me, like, games that were getting inducted to this Hall of Fame, like, looking at this list, are games that really, like, significantly changed up a genre, or created a genre, or did something that was impactful enough to the industry to, like, really change our perception of games. Because before I, Super Mario 64, you wouldn't really have, like, a lot of, like, no, platformers. No, that, that game, that game fucking changed video games forever. Yeah. And then they made Mario, and then they made Mario Sunshine. Uh, <laughs> the water physics, man. Uh, it looks it looks good. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, 64 uh, and Ocarina of Time, I think. Um, RE4. I think a lot of game like that was that first. That's the first game I remember doing the like letterbox behind the back camera over the shoulder you know, shooting and, and type deal. You, but, I, but I would go back to the first Resident Evil and say that because right, that was for me, or at least from my understanding, that defined survival horror for an entire console. Uh, for, 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 yeah. The games that copied it, I remember, at one point, that mm-hmm. after that, specifically that game, you started getting other survival horror, like Nightmare Creatures, you got Onimusha, you got Dino Crisis, Sa- yeah, like, Silent you know, Hill. Like, Don't Make Cry. You know, Don't Make Cry was supposed to be, uh, what is it, Resident Evil 4? Right. Yeah, well, yes, that was one of the three, that was one of the three versions of Resident Evil 4. I think, like, you have to look at, like, Uncharted 2, I, I think that that's that, that's a game where like I think that like big set pieces and like here look at this like linear thing, but like we're gonna put fucking all the tech and money and world behind it. Speaking of you know, Naughty Dog, Last of Us. Yeah, I was gonna say like you know mm. I would I would so, so totally see it making. I don't agree with it necessarily though because I I think that like. You know, last Last of Us one specifically because again, you can say whatever you want about Last of Us two, but like Last of Us one was the game that really I felt is the better of the two games. But 
for me, Last of Us, The Last of Us was really the byproduct of what Naughty Dog did with Uncharted. I feel like Uncharted is the one that really technically and like, you know, storytelling wise and design wise was really laid the groundwork to get a Last of Us. So I think that's, that's the true. more significant game would be Uncharted 1 or Uncharted 2. I feel like. Um, Chrono Trigger, I feel like you could oh, have God, an yeah. argument for. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. 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 That, that's another for JRPGs, yeah. Or, yeah. or Earthbound or Mother. Yeah, I can't believe I didn't mention the shit. Dark Souls. Yeah, even yeah. though I don't like Dark Souls, I totally could see that. Or Demon Souls, even. I would. Even As someone who, who is terribly bad at the Souls game, like just horrifically bad, the impact that those games have had on the gaming industry cannot be denied. And one thing you should note, too, that style of game had impact on other genres. There are 2D action platformers that play, like, Dark Souls games, because I played them. I've had to review them before. And, like, that is an impact that, like, very few other games or genres really you see from. I think maybe the only other one would be the platformer genre with Super Mario Brothers that were, like, influenced and helped the creation of, like, all these other series and these other style of games. Uh, Uh, What what games released within the last year do you think have a shot at eventually getting on this list the past year yeah no, i don't none of them i'm <laughs> not like hold on let me pull up my game of the year list and i might be able to find something in the, from the past year the thing yeah. is is that game of the year technically to me doesn't necessarily mean that it would be getting into some of this because you have to have a game that's almost like generational defining for me oh yeah to be like this like this because and a lot of the games within the last I would even say like five like years even maybe a little bit more the couple withstanding really haven't made that type of status uh, like because uh, I don't all think right. got, got a thing uh, like this. all right so I'm going back so I'm going back five years and Fine. Uh, I pulled up my top ten lists I did for those time periods and here are the games I would consider. Okay. We're not going to say make it. I'm just saying consider. Yeah, best shot. Okay. Uh, Doom 2016. Uh, um, Breath of the Wild. Okay, that I can understand. I could see that. Um, Disco Elysium. I haven't played it, yo. That, that's the only thing. I'm its writing it. is spectacular. Its writing is its writing is better than ninety nine point nine percent of all video games. Like, it, it, but it's a matter of like we need to. The the challenge with this question is like you have to see what the impact is over time. Yeah, exactly. right. So like, um, PUBG. <laughs> Undertale is a one that would definitely That's that's six years ago, but I could see Undertale. Yeah, true, true, true. Yeah. Uh Artmail in the chat says Witcher 3? No. No, no. To, yeah, you if you're talking Witcher 3, you could go like and what's up, Carpale? What's up, Carpale? Um uh-huh. we're gonna get you that Gabe Newell mouse pad. Um God. But no, um like if we're going back to 2015, like, I'm looking at, like, um, I just had one. Uh, PUBG. PUBG. Yeah, because that, cre- that pretty much created the Battle Royale genre. Now. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and then... The temptation would be to go to Fortnite, but or, obviously... Because I, I remember being at, like, in, in a PAX where I saw PUBG for the first time, like, running in beta mm-hmm. like that, and that, that was, like, really... That changed the way that we looked at multiplayer games specifically. So yeah, as yeah. much as a more popular one, I don't think that that was you wouldn't get that because remember Fortnite wasn't like that before PUBG because everybody played PUBG. Well, 
how big it got, and then they changed up their multiplayer afterwards. Yep. Um, no, I'm, I'm a big PUBG person. I was so salty about Fortnite getting like all the all the people to play, and at, you know I understand. But and just, then and then like the one I ended up going in ended up flying in love with was Warzone. So like, yeah, well, Warzone, Warzone takes like that Call of Duty format and then blends it with that, and you got this yep. nice fusion. Uh, yep. So Apex uh, is good too. Uh, Tetris 99. That's the real best one. I. You know something? That's something to consider because, like that, that's a genre or at least a battle royal type of like approach that's very different. Like a lot of people mm. were talking smack about Pac-Man '99, and I feel like they're they're missing the point of these '99 games because mm-hmm. it's taking something that you know is familiar and at least applicable and putting it but, in this place where you could actually make it into a massive multiplayer game yeah. that totally changes up the dynamics of it. I, so I, I feel like they're, they're just missing out on that. I want to go back to Cartbell's Witcher Three comments. Like, if we're looking at like Western RPGs, then I'm like. Then I'm looking into like Kotor, Ultima, the Kotor games, Morrowind, or yeah, Elder Scrolls, yeah, definitely, yeah, uh, or not even Morrowind. I would say like if we're going real, it's like you have to go Daggerfall. You have I'm to make the for Skyrim though. I, I think I can make the argument for Skyrim because it pl- it takes that format and makes it into a modern style. It makes it like, more accessible, but like I, yeah. I I link back and I'm like, yeah, but Daggerfall still did a lot of stuff that. Skyrim is stealing from. I'm gonna honestly say because it brought back 3D platformers in a big way. I think you make an argument for Mario Odyssey if we're making an argument for Breath of the Wild. Um, but honestly, if I had to choose that, I would still go back to Super Mario 64 because that that's where you get the genesis of those. Yeah, if games. you're if you're picking a if you're picking a 3D Mario game, then yes, you pick 64 for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like past five years, I would say like. I would say Disco Elysium. I would say Breath of the Wild. I would say... This Mass Effect came out recently with the first Mass Effect specifically, not two or three. I think uh, that thing is, I think that goes back to KOTOR. And I mean, if you want to get like, you know, so like, there you go. If you're looking at something that goes back to KOTOR again, so... The only only reason why I say that and I wouldn't go with KOTOR, I would go more with Mass Effect or make, make the argument for it, is because your progress carries over between multiple games, three games now with Mass Effect, which is your identity, your character, that that changes, you know, as you go and influences those experiences as well. Because remember, a lot of that stuff is dynamic, depending on what you do. If even if you uh, like import a character from those previous games, I think that's a part that makes it appealing for Mass Effect as a role playing game. Hmm. Yeah, Yeah. fair enough. Um, But yeah, I think that's what we've kind of got out of that. I think I think you can make an argument for Ultima or EverQuest. If we're talking yeah. some older stuff. Sure. Um, RuneScape, probably. Maybe. Yeah, 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 RuneScape's not a bad one. Um, Alright, so let's uh, let me pull up the next uh, thing we're going through here. Yeah, we, so, we, could, we could go on forever on that. Yeah, right. yeah, that yeah, that's just... Hey, there are a lot of good video games that have been made throughout the history of video games. Um, <laughs> right. uh, expect PS5 shortages well in the next year. So, mm. uh, Sony is. I don't need. Oh man, yeah, you you guys got a hit. I got mine. I fu- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I'm just in the graphics card race, and that yeah. that's a that's a scary race to be in. My uh, still goes down to a Series X or a Series S because I want to have it so I can have all the platforms. Dude, I can d- just follow Wario sixty four on Twitter. Yeah, and right now. <laughs> that's what yep, everybody yep. does. My yep. brother's doing the same thing. He's trying to get one. Like, I, I have I have gotten, like, the thing is, is, like, I have a day job, though, that, like, I'm at a computer at home most of the day. 
So, like, for me, that was an easy test. The thing is, is I actually ended up getting my Series X through Facebook Marketplace. Um, really? Yeah, so weirdest thing. Dude dude ended up getting it as, like, a Christmas gift. But, like, he's like, I just don't have time for it at all. So, he had, he was only selling it for 600 bucks. Wow. And I'm just like, that's only, like, $45 more after tax, dude. I'll, I'll pay $45 just so I don't have to hunt for this. You know? Sure. Oh, uh, like yeah, like okay, yeah. Like let's just say I paid for next day shipping. <laughs> you know, like uh, yeah, and it's worked great. So you know, um, anyway, yeah. I, I'm I. One of these days, I'm gonna get a PS5. Looks like it's it's yeah. gonna be a hunt for a while. I think yeah. I think that by the end of this year, it'll tamp down a bit. But uh, you know, looking at this, it's uh. You know, to to quote uh, analyst Hiroki Totoki here uh, from Bloomberg, he says, I don't think demand is calming down this year. And if we secure a lot more devices and produce many more units of PS5, our supply wouldn't be able to catch up with demand. Uh, There's a global uh, shortage of semiconductors, which are used in all these devices. Um, Yep. You can't you can't get some new cars right now. Uh, because of this, uh, you can't get some refrigerators right now, all the stuff. <laughs> um, and then on top of that, uh, the, you know, Jim Ryan is looking at ways to increase supply, uh, including talking with AMD. There are also rumors that they are doing an internal redesign to go down to a six nanometer chip, which, uh, wouldn't really pr- uh, affect performance that much. Other, <clears throat> uh, what it would do is that would make it so it's easier to produce and also produces less heat. So it'd be a it'd be a quieter, longer lasting console. But apparently, there's no rumors of them changing their outside of it. Okay. Which boy, howdy! I wish that it would change their minds on that. <laughs> but just every time I see that thing in my entertainment center, I'm just like, "Fuck, you are ugly." Dude, it is big. Like, I look at it now, like, I'm looking at the side because I have my it sitting next to my PlayStation 4, and it just stands out. Like, it's just, like, a completely, like, different thing. Like, it, it feels like just an attachment. Like, you just put, like, an upgrade to the RAM of, like, your computer or something, or just put, like, a giant attachment on it. It just looks weird standing out, but Dude, it is a nice console. This is bigger than some fucking mid-towers I've worked on. Like, this thing is Dude, fucking I huge. I don't like how it, it it's a pain in the butt to put it on its side. Like I like it standing up more than anything else. I think that's what it's meant to do. But like to have it like sit on its side, it just takes up way too much space. Like, I like uh, way uh, too much. Like I can't like do that though to like put it on standing up. So like on its side, yeah, I do have to use their shitty stand yep. that like doesn't even hook on. It's like it's it like rests on <laughs> those two clip spots Dude, in what? the back. Like Weird. it's yeah, like it like because if you because if you pick it up, it doesn't stick to it. It like hangs there off of these yeah. two clips in the back, and I'm just like, who the fuck thought this was a good idea? You know what? People give Xbox a lot of shit for just making a box, but Look you know, yeah, yeah, but you know what? At least it looks like everything else in my goddamn entertainment center. So maybe a little bulkier and like. Tower. Yeah, it looks like a a big piece of tech. Like you know, like that's 
You're talking like it just looks like that and a George Foreman grow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like fucking lower. Like you just. And to be fair, like I've cleaned out my entertainment center in the in the like office here. To where like it's just these two and the switch, it's you know, and like the living room I've is literally just a PS3 at this point. I've cut everything down in there except for a PS3. I'm gonna try and get a Series S later in the year. Um, so my like Our room- mail says uh, it looks like a high end micro server. <laughs> <laughs> or like a Wi-Fi like router, like a, like, a, like, a, like, a, like through the memes that came out of this damn consoles reveal. Oh. One of which Iba was hilarious. It's <laughs> oh, so yeah. Right? Like I want to know, like who in design approved this motherfucker? Like I don't I, know. it, it just looks so out there compared to the PlayStation Two and the PlayStation Three and Four design because with those consoles, there, there's an aesthetic to it. Like there's there's a color scheme to it. Like and you have those alternate variations, but like the the default one is usually the one that's associated with the brand. This one is like way the freak up there. Like yeah, uh, like it's just off the beat, man. I don't know, like... Like, somebody's hanging out with Apple too much, and they just let some of that stuff bleed into it, and it just did not work out right. Like, you're trying to wear an outfit right. that's not for you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know who, like, I don't know how this fucking got past, like, the approval stage. Like, I don't know how someone, like, didn't take this home, put it in their fucking entertainment center, and go, you know what? No. <laughs> you know, I will tell you one thing though. We're getting the alternate variations of the the Dual Sense controller, which look cool—the black and the red one. I want those for the consoles. I want to have other yes. variations of the console. I love seeing that from different consoles. I- Even though I would never buy them, I would unless I didn't have the console, I would go get like a variation. But if I had it already, I would never get them. But it's just cool to see those options. Well, these fins here are removable. So oh, what yeah. I'm what I'm hoping for is they release black versions of those. Just like the releasing a black okay. controller, because whoever decided to make this thing white is also the devil. Well, <laughs> you get dirty so easily. Yes, <laughs> I have to and dust this way more than my goddamn Xbox because you notice it. And this controller, like yep. you know, I wash my hands. I you know, I I try and keep my hands clean, but even mm. then, just after a while, you do have to clean yeah. this thing off. Yeah. Like just it does happen, you know. <sighs> yeah, on like the, on on the fin stuff, they should do what the Xbox 360 faceplates did. Just release like a whole series of like customizable. Oh yeah, that would, that that wood grain one. Yeah. yeah, there you go. That's what you want. No, like <laughs> I so I the last time I played this thing was Thursday. It's been four days already. Dust on the touchpad. You can see. Like just lordy. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's just selling now as an accessory, the official PlayStation Five buffing machine. Thirty-five bucks. <laughs> Give it a shame. God damn it. Uh Lord. Uh, Alright. Well Alright, so yeah. Uh basically if you want a console, good luck. Godspeed, Spider Man. Cool. Great. Uh hey guys. Capcom has made a whole shit ton of money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're kind of going through a renaissance right now, is why because uh, Monster Hunter Rise, uh, Resident Evil Eight, Devil May Cry, uh, Resident Evil Three to a lesser extent, um, two and seven also. Yep, yep. Two, seven, and Monster Hunter World Iceborne, uh, all uh, 
uh, have contributed to them being on the come up. Uh, one game that isn't really on there, or at least we didn't mention, is Street Fighter Five because Street Fighter Five, uh-huh. granted, with its changes and stuff, like you would think that it would be one of those games that like really sneakily went out there, kind of like what Street Fighter Four was at one point with all its iterations. But like all these other games with Capcom are really the ones that are making in the bank. Yeah, no, and like to be fair, like dude, they've been killing it. Like you look, you look at the like from 2017 to now, we're getting we get Resident Evil Seven, we get Monster Hunter Rise. Monster Hunter World, uh, Monster Hunter Generations, Devil May Cry, uh, stories, <laughs> Devil May Cry Five, Resident Evil Two Remake, Resident Evil Three Remake, and now Resident Evil Eight and Monster Hunter Iceborne. Uh, they said their 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 net sales were up seventeen percent, almost seventeen percent, sixteen point eight. Uh, operating income was up fifty one point six. Order income was up fifty one point eight. And net income to parent company was up 56.3. Uh, they're citing uh, Monster Hunter World Iceborne doing well, along with Resident Evil 3 Remake, and the next-gen versions of Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition doing really well. Nice. Um, you know, Then, of course, uh, they received the pandemic-related boost that many video game companies saw, of course, uh, along with them playing to release next-generation titles and growth in overseas. So they're getting more popular in America, of course. Um, you know, and then they have a bunch of stuff coming out now. Obviously, Resident Evil 8 came out last week. I'll have more opinions on that next week as I actually will have time to play it. Uh, and then, of course, they have uh, the great Ace Attorney Chronicles that just hit, or will be hitting soon. Yes, that's, that's hitting PC in uh, July, it looks like. And it's... Wow. Yep. So there's that. And then Monster Hunter Stories 2 Wings of Ruin coming later this summer. Man. I feel like this is only going to get better for them. Because remember remember that big Capcom leak that happened Like for a lot of their plans that they said that there was coming down the pipeline? If a lot of that is true and they follow through with it, I think it's only going to get better for them. Because there are series in there that people mm-hmm. want. Same level of what, how they've been getting some of these games now. Like Imagine them finally going through with the Power Stone uh, next iteration of Power Stone, or what they were talking about, a uh, uh, Final Fight remake. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, like, um, and, you know, really... sorry, go ahead. No, as I was gonna say, there's a lot in there that beyond that that could really boost them up, and I feel like it's only just gonna keep going on the uptick for them. You know, and then I you have, so. yeah, and then you have like Street Fighter Six as a possibility. You know, you could do a DMC Six. You know, let's man, maybe we can bring back Mega Man X. I don't know, that'd make me happy. Or like yeah, I, I, right now, I do not see them stopping that train because they no. they did the one thing that for a lot of people said for a long time that they it was really hard for them to do is make it popular here in the West. Ever since Monster Hunter World, that series has exploded. And like, not only that, but like they've also created this game engine that's easy to work on, scales really well, then that they own, uh, and that looks really good. So they're they're kind of in like, and that's going to only help them financially. So, you know, that that's going to be a really good winner. New Lost Planet, fuck yeah. Dude, <laughs> so oh, if there was That'd be a, interesting if you could see that again. That'd be if cool. if they if they were like, "Hey, let's bring out Lost Planet 4 and it played like the first one." I'd be like, "Community night, community night immediately." The giant robots killing bugs. Let's get it. Also, uh Cartmail, this is our uh since you're a regular here, this is Jake James Lugo uh mm-hmm. above me. You should go check out his dope YouTube and subscribe to him because he's cool. He's cool. 
It's dope. You and there's a lot of game stuff there that you're gonna like. Trust me. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of Star Wars happening. Um, hell yeah, yeah. We 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 ruined Star Wars ourselves when we reviewed all the movies. We sure did. I'm taking a long break. Yeah, no. I'm, <laughs> uh, yeah, like uh, but, <laughs> made the worst time to do that because it's Star Wars month in May. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, right. Yeah. I already followed him. Oh, awesome. Every okay. good. You're good. All right. All right. Appreciate Thank you. All right. Well, our, our fans are ahead of the curve. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Resident Evil's ridiculous amounts of money they're making, or Capcom, rather, uh, Resident Evil shipped three million copies in roughly three days. Resident Evil Village or eight? Eight, yep. Uh, yep Village nice. eight, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it has hit record high profits for the fourth consecutive year in a row. Um, so, yeah. And to put this in perspective, Resident Evil 7 uh, shipped 8.5 million units as December of 2020. So it's I'm all... So happy. Honestly, real talk. like Because I remember going to E3 and seeing the kitchen demo before we knew it was Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. And seeing that thing turn into what it is now. It's so awesome to see them on the uptick. It, you know, it, it, it's a it's a bummer. I did not get to see that kitchen demo. I, I well, I got to see it at home because that was like the first E three. Pretty sure you'd be funny. Yeah, like yeah, it, it's really dope. Like you look at what it's become now and what it was like when we first saw it there. Like we had no idea it was Resident Evil. And then when we learned, like it just made it that much more cooler. Yep. Uh, all right. So. Um, going going forward, so yeah, no, and it's for like I said, from what I've seen of it, it looks great. It looks like res, it looks as close to Resident Evil Four as we've gotten in a while, as far as like tone goes, which is a big deal for me because God, I loved Resident Evil Four's tone so much. Uh, so new Dragon Ball movie is in the works. Yes. So wait, wait. is it an anime movie like Dragon Ball? Like yes, Dragon Ball? Yes, yes, yes. Like Akira, yeah, in honor of <laughs> Goku Day, Akira Toriyama revealed that a new Dragon Ball Super movie film will be released next year. Quote: An all new movie since Dragon Ball mo- uh, Dragon Ball Super Broly is currently in the making. Just like the previous movie, I'm heavily leading the story and dialogue production for another amazing film. I really shouldn't talk too much about the plot yet. But be prepared for some extreme and entertaining bouts, which may feature an unexpected character. Mm. We'll be charting through some unexpected territory in terms of visual aesthetics to give the audience an amazing ride. So I hope everybody will look forward to the new movie, Akira Toriyama. (laughs) Hell yeah, dude. Um, we're, We're big Dragon Ball fans here. Um... You know, like, uh, part of the reason when this channel started, I was playing Dragon Ball Fighters pretty much twice a week, every week for the first year of the channel. Yeah. Um, I mean, um, the name Super Gamecraft came from Super Saiyan. Like, that's the yep. whole... Yeah. So, I, I like Dragon yeah. Dragon Ball Fighters is dope. I, I was lucky enough that a while back I got to interview the producer of the game, like, when it was coming out. Yeah. Like, oh. Yeah, I got to interview him at E3. I, we got alpha, beta access. Like, mm. uh, you know, I mean... You can check out, uh, uh, hold on, I'll post a couple of the emotes we have. Uh, so we have one Dragon Ball based emote. It's our tier three sub. Uh, our one year subscriber thing is Baby Shenron. Yep. And then. Uh, kind of lean in. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm going to gift a sub to someone. Do it. Let's gift a sub out uh, so you can see me. what our sub alert is. 
he yells, "Your wish uh, will be uh, has been granted." <laughs> There you go. Who got it? The writing Spartan. Writing Spartan. Congrats. I'm gonna be uh, on his show later today. Nice. So that'll be cool. Uh, all right. So hope you enjoy that sub. You have free emotes, <laughs> special access in the Discord. No ads. That's probably a big one. The no ads one. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so, uh, going forward, though, yeah, I'm stoked. Big Dragon Ball fan, uh, love Dragon Ball Fighters. It's, in my opinion, the best fighting game since Marvelous Capcom 3. Uh, Infinite. I'll tell you that right now. (laughs) Destroyed Marvel (laughs) Infinite. Straight up. Yeah, like, Dude, I remember during E3 when they, when they showed it during the Xbox conference and everybody flipped up. And, and the first thing that everybody thought was like, Marvel Infinite is done. Like, there's our game right now because this looks uh, dope. Dude, no, like, I remember I was at that press conference and, like, Thomas and I literally stood up and cheered and high fived. And, like, oh, dude, that was awesome. Uh, so, hey, Xbox, it's getting a bunch, uh, smooth transition there. But, uh, yeah, hey, guys, good. uh, hey, Xbox. It just got a new awesome uh, update. Okay. So uh, they've added a bunch of quick resume improvements. So now you can see which games you have in quick resume, how many spots you have left. Uh, They're making it more reliable and load faster. Good. Uh, You'll be able to see if your current game supports quick resume with a new tag. Um, So, yeah. And you can use groups to see which games are a launch from Quick Resume. Uh, like other groups, you can add it to a home, your home screen for quicker access. So you, so if you want to just add your home screen, my Quick Resume groups, and see which games you have in Quick Resume, boom, there you go. Right. Uh, they're adding pass-through audio for media apps. So if you're like me and you have a sound system in here... Um, if you're like me and you have a sound system in here, you're, you don't need your game console to process audio. It just makes delay, you know? Mm. Um, in fact, that was when I bought the new 4k TV this year and finally upgrade everything over to 4k, uh, these bad boys, uh, cords not long enough, unfortunate. Um, but my satellites, uh, were having delay issues, uh, mm. and what I had to do is I had to go into my TV settings and I put no audio processing because the game console is apparently doing it for you. Um, so, because otherwise I was just getting delay on every Xbox game I played. So, uh, what they are adding now is a pass through button on the Xbox that allows, uh, called allow audio pass through, which means, uh, the Xbox will not process any of the audio and it'll go straight to your receiver or your soundbar or whatever it is that you have to process audio. Huh. Um, yep. Uh, you can now watch ga- tra- game trailers with Game Pass. So now on Game Pass, every game will have a little trailer section that you can watch a quick little Ooh, thing that's of good. it. Yeah. And new dynamic backgrounds, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, it's done. You don't need any more xbox backgrounds anymore they did it they added the original good uh, yeah, yeah. uh like let me see if i can the oh. big box background yeah yeah no. i i have an affinity i love the original xbox it's it's one of the most underrated systems in my mind but uh, let me see if i can get the camera to get a good i look certainly at. have a nostalgic yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, 
There you go. So, yeah. yeah. Like with the box thing in the background that they used to have when you first booted it up. Yeah, it's... it's uh, you can't really tell because the screen's the TV so bright, but it is like an amorphous blob like the original. Okay. So, yeah. Um, nice. Yeah. That was such a different attitude and flavor when that first came oh, on. It was, it yep. was so it was early 2000s. And like, because I was a PlayStation 2 guy, but I had a friend that had an OG Xbox and I used to go to his place and used to play a lot of the game on that console there. And just seeing that boot up screen, like in comparing it to like my PlayStation one, I was like, oh, this is nice. This is neat. This is, this is, yeah, this is, the boot up sequences for the, for the original Xbox and the PlayStation 2, I hold near and dear to my heart. The PS2 one, like, I didn't like the noise it made. It bothered me. Really? I was actually kind of into it. Yeah. I thought it looked cool. I thought it looked super cool. Just the, the, the noise it made bothered me. I love the, the GameCube one's probably my favorite, though. It's great. And if you hold different buttons, the GameCube one makes different noises. Like, if you have four controllers hold, I think it's the Z button. It's, like, makes, like, standard, like, Japanese, like, Ghost of Tsushima-style noises. Um... So, yes. Uh... So, they've added new family settings where you could set, uh, multiplayer... You could set multiplayer by title. So your kid can play online in some games and not others. Cool. Uh, they are updating the Xbox app for Android and iOS. Better right. performance, better chats, uh, updating achievements. Uh, they're adding Smart Glass for PC, and they're uh, at- it says that they're sunsetting it. Oh, sorry, no, they're sunsetting it. Sorry, uh, which means Smart Glass will be removed from the Microsoft Store. Let me know for their updates. Sorry, my bad. Uh, you can continue to use the w- Xbox app for Windows PC. Discover and download new games with the Game Pass app. Uh, see what friends are playing in the Xbox. Which, yeah, like, why are you using Smart Glass if they have the Xbox app? Okay. Smart Glass. <laughs> yep, back when they were really into tablets on the 360. Yep, they sure were. Remember that E3 they had for, like, a year where it was just, like, every game had some level of tablet integration? Yep. Do you remember the, like, AR thing that they did for Minecraft, I think it was, or something? Oh, yeah, HoloLens. Yeah, they Hollow- had the... The room demo, yeah, that was... And then was, just said, weird. we're going to put those to businesses. Games, yep. what? Video games, lol. VR uh, headsets, what? I don't... Okay. Um, <laughs> yep. Uh, and then you get early access, and then they talk about the Xbox Hub. Uh, that quick resume cool. stuff has been long requested. It's been probably my only complaint with that system's UI, so... Hell yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Good changes. Uh, so, moving forward here, mm-hmm. uh, down the, uh, as put the list, uh, bah, 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 Dragon Ball, just making sure we have all the other ones before we get to the MMO stuff. Before we get stuff. to MMO. All right. So. Hey, MMO stuff. Hey, Aaron, tell, tell me about this Final Fantasy XIV stuff. You, you so, are a Final Fantasy XIV fan. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm more casual, uh, just because I'm like trying to I'm trying to catch up right now. I'm in I am about to finish 4.3 today. I'm hoping to get through the rest until I get to Shadowbringers, um, and this is the expansion after Shadowbringers. But they had a fan fest, and because they couldn't get anyone to like be there in person, they did this whole online stream, um, and they were just showing off their stuff. And 
the few times I, I tuned in, it was a fun, fun time. I didn't tune into like some of the main stuff because it was talking about what was going on in Endwalker, which is spoilery as hell. Uh, I can't, I can't do that to myself. So, uh, but uh, there was some really cool stuff going on in there. They had like a live QA, uh, taking questions from people. Um, you know, they did their cosplay stuff. They had their their band that does a lot of their music. Uh, come on and play. Uh, real, real fun time. As for information, uh, they revealed a new job, which was Reaper, which looks incredible. Uh, it looks kind of like uh, another class or another job in Final Fantasy XIV, which is Dark Knight, where it's just like trying overly hard to be edgy. Like I would see, I could see this being in a Devil May Cry game or something. Uh, you, you know, just oh, it's so good. And you're using a scythe, and you have this like Reaper ghost with you, and it's a melee uh, class. It's uh, it looks like tons of fun. Um, they revealed some some information about uh, Dungeons and Trials coming. Uh, the, the if you don't know, this expansion is taking a lot of inspiration from Final Fantasy IV. Uh, so if you're into that, uh, that's cool. I think we talked yeah. about last time uh, that there is a new monster coming in that was that was from Ten, and they got the original artist from Ten to like try and rework them for uh, Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, trying to look at what else uh came out of that i was the few times i was coming in it was like they were selling product man like we were talking about some of the things that world of warcraft tries to sell you and make you pay money for that man final fantasy they go all out they revealed a mount that's like a space whale it's like eight seats on it so you can have like an eight seat mount and carry all these people around and it's 35 bucks um this sounds familiar yeah yeah exactly um there was a water bottle promotion this was hilarious so this was a promotion for the for the fan fest is if you bought 120 dollars worth of final fantasy stuff between now and june 13th you got an Endwalker water bottle what the like, hell <laughs> great cool thank you thank um, you i guess <laughs> Big thing uh, is they announced a release date, which was like, it was November 23rd. But if you pre-order, you play four days earlier on November 19th. Uh, So that's where I'll be at. Um, They also revealed a new race, which is the male Viera, which is their bunny class or bunny race. Uh, They Uh, Now now, now we're, now, now you got hot bunny man, eh? Yeah, they're hot bunny men, let me tell you. And then they also have, um, they had the their male lion race called the Hrothgar. Uh, they said they didn't have anything to show, but they're going to be working on a female Hrothgar. And then they were saying that they're going to be done with making new races for the time being. Uh, Great. More more furry degeneracy in MMOs. Absolutely. Yep. Come on. Uh, I mean, um, they added the fox people to World of Warcraft like four years ago and just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, they, one of the things they sold, uh, they're doing a collaboration with Fender to create a Final Fantasy 14 Fender Stratocaster for last I checked, $3,500. Yeah, wow. This makes me the, feel. Uh, so between this and like when I went into like the FF 14 cash shop. Out of curiosity, uh-huh. this makes me still feel super good about World of Warcraft's monetization. <laughs> like, it feel like like I've always been one to bitch and moan about like 
the way Blizzard, especially recently, has handed like handled like microtransactions and store mounts. And then yep. like I see this and I'm like, no, it could be worse. Could be worse. Yeah. <laughs> Go and, on. Like, yeah, I don't know. Everyone's everyone's kind of fine with it. If you can't afford it, you just don't buy it. Like, well, d- 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 yeah, like I feel like this community is a lot more accepting of that because mm-hmm. it's been there from the start. Sure, they made that's where it really comes versus down to. yeah versus like our community where they like added it in the at the end of Wrath of the Lich King and even at the time there was like a vi- like most of people were like yeah don't worry about it, don't buy it but like there was still like a violent. Like, no. And then years later, the violent no people were right. But but we're already on the train to hell, so we can't get off. Yep. Yep. So. That's fine. Yeah. Oh, God. So, uh... And then, yeah, they were showing off some, like, collector stuff. Uh, You buy, like, a physical collector's edition, it gets you, like, a couple, you know, figurines and stuff. And that's fine. Uh, yeah, that that is a, so I'm looking at that lunar whale. It does look dope. It does look that dope. That thing does look sick. And it was their it's their first eight player mount. So like, imagine being able to carry just like a whole group of people to wherever you gotta yeah, go. And and you and yeah, you, yeah. And you you can't earn this in game. Uh, this no, I don't. Well, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. To okay, okay. I oh, believe okay. It, if I were Final Fantasy, from what I've seen of this store, you make this purchase only. Um, that's a bummer. So I mean, it is an option. Like different things, maybe that you could do. Like you have that premium one, premium right. version of that mount, and have some other type of mount that you have to do a lot more to, to kind of get like off the inside the game, maybe. And I and I imagine, uh, I, I imagine, like as part of like the release of this expansion, there is one that like you have to go through hell and high water. But there is one that that does do that because they call it the first. I would assume they are going to make a second. Um. And then, you know, just more level uh, expansion stuff, level cap increase, 80 to 90. They got a couple new cities, tra- going traveling to new areas, uh, new dungeons, got a high difficulty raid. Um, yeah, they got, a, they got a whole bunch of stuff that they're working on. And uh, the store I'm, I'm has, very excited. The store has so much in it. There's a lot. There's if you want to pay that money, let me tell you, you can. Uh, just get up. <laughs> I gotta, I, you know what? I'm actually really thankful to Final Fantasy XIV. Mm. It has made me appreciate World of Warcraft more. That's fair. <laughs> that so, fair. I guess thank you. Mm. Uh, we'll we'll get more into that when we get to what we've been playing. Okay, so so uh, do you do you have anything else on the the uh, the FF the Final Fantasy? Not, not off the top of my head. It's the Fan Fest was a fun time. I heard. I heard. My friend Ronnie spent like hundreds of dollars on merch. Oh, good for good for them. That's yep. I couldn't do it. I got a Moogle at least. Yeah, uh, right. Uh, we got to walk out either with a chocobo, a Moogle, or a cactus, or a tomberry. BlizzCon. <laughs> this, <laughs> they're there. This past BlizzCon, I nearly spent one hundred and fifty dollars on framed art. Yeah. So I. That is dope. Like what? I said the art there has got to be like super dope. Oh, oh, dude, it's so sick. It's like I was just like sitting like there staring at like this this like framed art of like the cinematic from vanilla. I'm like, $150 isn't that much. (laughs) Uh, Like, 
Um, but yeah, so, uh, so yeah, uh, the past, like, three weeks, I've been, like, mad at World of Warcraft in one form or another, um, so, but we got, and Blizzard did some news this week that was actually good news. All right, good. So, one of the things I complained about, uh, last week was, uh, they talked about their cloning service, which... What this is, is uh, Burning Crusade is coming out soon. And when it comes out, you're going to have an option to either leave your character in vanilla forever or move on to Burning Crusade. So, but they're offering a cloning service if you want to clone that character to keep on a vanilla server um, or to move the clone to TBC. And the problem with this was the price was insane. It was yeah, thirty. It's like it was. It was thirty-five dollars for a clone, for them God, to flash clone your character, right? Like wow, I know people who cool. don't even play WoW who are like, that sounds expensive. Yeah, that does sound expensive. Like I mean, I don't play WoW like that, and like that's a whole game. You could get a game so brand new. <laughs> yeah, like that's yeah, that's like thirty-five bucks is like, dude, that's that's like in some cases like three indie games. Like, that's like, uh, you know, that's like a game if you wait two months, it's new. Like, that's, you know, that's two and a quarter month of your sub or two and a third months of your subscription. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but they walked that back uh, pe- because people were violently pissed off. And, man, you want to talk about a community that gets violently angry. It is the classic community. Sure. Um, so they've lowered the price down to $15. That's a good. That's better. Like, that's That's, better. Yeah, that's a lot better than what they were doing. I don't know how like a lot of the pricing is for a lot of MMOs and stuff for like digital goods and things like that. But I can understand maybe like a character that you've done like duplicating it, like fifteen bucks. Okay, that sounds a little bit more reasonable than than what. I mean, yeah. Like when I when I heard when they first announced that the clothing service was going to charge, I thought it was going to be about twenty. So this is actually less than what I thought it was going to be now. So that's not entirely gross. Uh, it still doesn't solve my like other issue I have the, the, with the Burning Crusade, the way they're rolling it out, as far as like having that collector's edition mount that was an original Burning Crusade. But it's, it's just one mount that most people are not going to buy, probably. So I'm like not that salty about it. Um, yeah. So yeah, and then... Uh, and then my other complaint was the pre-patch is just too short, but, you know, I can't control time, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, uh, they've also announced a bunch of, they've also announced a couple of changes and initiatives they're doing prior to the launch of Burning Crusade. Uh, they're adding a thing to their forums called Classic Era Connections Burning Crusade. So, a bunch of servers were, uh, made during the Burning Crusade. Uh, and they are adding a forum for you to be able to uh, connect with old guildies and whatnot. So, for example, I played on Lothar. I would go into the Lothar server and be like, hey, I was in, my character's name was X. I was an X guild. Anybody know who I am? And then you'd be able to connect with those people. Okay. Um, also, they are uh, merging some classic era realms together so they can continue keeping population high. Um, so, yeah. Um, 
Yep. So that means uh, if you're on my server, which is Benediction, you're getting merged with Fearly and a Heartseeker, Incendius, Netherwind, and Windseeker. Mm. So uh, going forward, uh, so going forward with that, uh, they are adding it so Guild Banks will not be available at launch because they were not available at launch Burning Crusade but they will add it sooner than them when they add it in the expansion. And finally, now, mail sent to your own characters will be available um, immediately instead of having to wait for the game's in-game mail time. Good. So. Yeah. All smart changes that benefit the player. <laughs> it almost seems like people are mad at them for three weeks straight. Yeah. Weird. Weird. Mm. Um... All right, and uh, that's it for the news. Wow. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. What does that leave left for us, Bronson? That leaves. Uh, and I'm sorry that we're doing a bunch of MMO talk, and I know you're not super initiated. Um, all right, so we, that leaves what we've been playing. So, and what we've been doing, slash watching, slash, like, you basically just get caught up, caught up on us for the week. Yeah. Uh, but primarily we talk about video games. So, uh, Aaron, uh, we're going to do a quick down rundown of two of yours, because uh, any updates on Hades? No, I, I need to get close enough with all of the Olympians to get the epilogue, and motherfucker, Zeus won't talk to me. I try. He talks <laughs> past me, and then he gives me the boon, and then he more, leaves. I get more of his boons, I think, when you're doing the runs. In order to get uh, okay. And, and you know yeah, get the the was it the pomegranates to like really speed that up to, to get that. Yeah, that's that's been the thing is like I'm not, I haven't gotten all of them. It's I've, a lot of them. It's like I have all of their. I've taken all their abilities except one, and I don't know how to get that one. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. That I'm just I I've gotten like seventy different runs or eighty different runs, and I haven't come across. A lot of it is random, right? The different boons and stuff that you get from them. Like you have to keep doing runs to just keep like choosing their their affinity in order to get like stuff like right most of it is and then there's like you know legendaries and there's duos which depend on you getting one of theirs previously and then another's and it's like it's a whole thing i haven't bothered looking it up i should just so i can be done with it but um yeah so i'm still working on that um, all right uh pokemon snap what's up tell me more about uh, it. Uh, anything st- new? Still, still still nothing new still chipping away at it i love pokemon snap i got really good at uh putting some stickers on like that's an interesting feature that they've added for uh, dude i've loved some of the stuff that's come out of twitter for that oh my god uh, what was that you were talking about new pokemon snap not the original new. yeah new. yes yes not the physical stickers for the old pokemon snap you could print out at you know blockbuster blockbuster or whatever uh no uh i've been having fun uh making dad champ uh, which was I'm a champ, and I just put like sunglasses and a dad hat and four ice cream cones, and like <laughs> sent that out. Yeah, one I did of Adrian, the, the Rocky uh, little thing that I put on Twitter, that you would get a good laugh out of because it's him with like a kitty hat. And, like, oh, nice! <laughs> it's something that I would never have predicted. I like I would have wanted from Pokemon Snap, or but I don't know. It's it's been hilarious, and then people have been reacting to it. Like it it sends it out onto the internet immediately as long as you're connected. And like you can, if you you know put a little bit of effort into it, you get you know sixty, seventy, eighty likes, and pretty quickly, it's like wow, all right, I I guess I'm doing okay. And it's just it lends to that positive energy that Pokemon you know just has. And yeah, having a good time, still getting through it, but having a good time. Okay, 
Yeah. But by the way, out of curiosity, I looked up like Pokemon Snap Blockbuster on eBay, right? Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, if you're ever curious, and if you have one of their sealed keychains, I even one of the keychains they had, but sealed, it's okay. worth, apparently worth twelve hundred dollars. What? Wow. Why? The key. Like, it is sealed. I guess, Collectors, man. It's like it's it's like Pokemon Snap Station. It has a picture of Pikachu and says N sixty four in the corner, and it's and it's just like yeah, it says and wow. it's just like keychain from Blockbuster kiosk. <laughs> crazy. That is crazy. Okay, sure. Wish I had that kind of disposable income to spend twelve hundred dollars on a fucking keychain. <laughs> Me too. I give a lot of. I give a lot of credit to collectors of like games and stuff because like certain hard copies of games that they'll just never play cost ridiculous amounts of money, like insane amounts, just to collect them. Oh, it's nuts. And the Pokemon, and there's a bunch of Pokemon Snap cards that came out with Blockbuster, uh, yeah. and like they're like still selling for like twenty dollars a piece. It's crazy. It's crazy. People are crazy. People are crazy. All right, we, so- we, we covered we covered the Pokemon card shortage and nonsense at Target and all that. If it was a Telecaster, I'd buy it, says Garth. Oh, talking about the guitar. Yeah, no. Telecaster. <laughs> um, $3,500. Wow. Um, so, yeah. Uh, all right. All right, so, and then uh, Final Fantasy XIV. Any update? Oh, we got a new follow. Yo! The Writing Spartan. Thank Hello. you, Writing Spartan. Nice. It's it's, <laughs> it's, it's us. It's it's a boy. Oh, uh, um, what's up? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm about. To, I'm halfway through four point three. Uh, I'm hoping I feel good enough to get through four point four and five to get to the beginning of Shadowbringers, so I can finally start catching up to the end game. Finally, I've been subbed to this game for nearly two years now, and I've not. This has been a journey, man. This is just like <sighs> this. This reminds me of like vanilla WoW progress, but like for a modern MMO, it's hilarious. It's that, and then I'm I'm an adult that has to work, you know, a forty hour job, and it's like you're you're talking about games that take over your life, uh, unless you're okay with not making much progress. That's where I'm at. Um, just um, the game's good. It's fun. Uh, I'm still I'm still very much in that mode where like I'm trying to learn everything, so I go into a dungeon or a trial and I'm trying to do the best I can, but I can't tell you I'm retaining all the information. I'm not like learning necessarily certain mechanics just yet. It's still a mess for me, but I'm working on it. In the um, chat, speaking of wow progress, me buying a six month sub and playing it twice. <laughs> nice. God damn. I've done that. I've done that like when I like <laughs> like during Warlords of Draenor, I paid for like a full year of wow and barely touched it. Wow! Um, wow! That expansion, oh, yeah, because yeah. that expansion was just hot garbage. Um. So yeah. Uh, all right. All right. So uh, all right, and all right. So those are your three games, uh, yeah. along with, of course, we wrapped up Halo Three ODST on Legendary. We sure did. Uh, we did that on Wednesday. That video should be on the YouTube hopefully today. Provided I have the energy to cut out uh, our weird delay that we have in the beginning. Yeah, Halo. Uh, Halo. Yeah, we Halo. Love. We like Halo. We with, According to our Let's Plays title, Halo, we love you. 
Um, we're gonna be playing uh, Reach. Yeah, Re- Reach. Reach starts Wednesday. I'm excited. Yeah. I like Reach. We got uh, the same uh, same crew as three, uh, which is uh, wait, Halo is loved. Surely you just <laughs> yeah. Sometimes the internet would make you think that way. You got a bunch of kids that are not growing up with Halo in its prime. It does that to people. That's why you gotta you gotta make the kids play it. You hold them down. You like like here, use this Duke. Um, yeah, right. Uh, all right. So, all right. So, what I've been getting into is I played about ninety minutes of that Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Uh, after gotcha. we uh, finished uh, uh, finished ODST. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we finished ODST. I played nine minutes of that Mass Effect collection. It looks gorgeous. It looks so cool. good. Go and then on, on top of that, it also, like, man, Mass Effect 1 holds up in, from a, like, from a, like, a style standpoint, I guess I'll call it. Like, that game, that game, like, there are games that come out today that don't feel that cinematic. Mm, so okay, I believe that. So that, that was, that was a cool thing to see. It's shooting. Not so much it's shooting, it's shooting is fine, like it's okay, but it's cover mechanics, bro. Like Oh, they're still because, figuring that out. Well uh, yeah, um completely offside of that Snorlax plush is amazing. It is, thank you. My friend Ray got that me for, that for me for Christmas two years ago. And a mainstay um, on your in your streaming background. It has. His Mario hat unfortunately fell off and I haven't been bothered to find it. Um <laughs> So, anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, thank you. Uh, the, but yeah, so liked what I've played so far. I'm obviously going to deep dive that this week, uh, so I can give you a more solid opinion, uh, in the coming weeks. But initial impression, like, man, it looks good, has a lot of style. That cover system for the first game is just so rough. Cause what it is, is like, to get into cover, you have to, like, Go to cover and press up against it, and then aim, and then he gets into cover. Huh. There's no, there's no cover button. It's not like Gears of War or later Mass Effects. It's just like, and it's so weird and janky and hard for my brain to process. It's like, yeah, Gears of War figured that out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. This, to be fair, this kid was being developed while Gears was being developed. So it was, yeah. it was. You're right. Uh, so yeah, there was that, and then. I so they put out the air link for the Oculus Quest this week, mm-hmm. uh, the Quest Two, and I got around to trying that because I've been trying to stay healthier by playing Beat Saber to be less of a lazy piece of shit, uh-huh. and uh, it's uh, so I'm playing Beat Saber and I was like, oh man, it'd be so great to be able to do this without like the cable hooked to the PC. So I downloaded the new update for Air Link. I turned it on. Uh, I turned it on on the PC and hooked it up. And my experience with most wireless tech, especially something that's like this one to one needed, or that need to be like one to one, has usually been bad and laggy and awful. Mm-hmm. So I was genuinely shocked at how good this was. Like it was almost, it was like almost indistinguishable from having the cable plugged in. Wow, I was that's so. Amazing. I was so impressed. I was like, like I was playing Beat Saber. It was like exactly my PC, no problem. Like just boom, 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 just nailing out combos, no problem. Now the there is a caveat with this. I'm going to say to anyone who does bother to download this update and try it. I play in this office. 
Mm-hmm. My router is there. My play space is about three feet that way. Okay. So I don't have much distance or lag. But from what I played, it was entirely seamless and perfect on Beat Saber. So if, if you're looking to get in, so uh, I feel one, that's another step towards VR being awesome. Because one of my biggest complaints is playing like Half Life and like being just like, oh, God. Covered the cable again. Um, and uh, it's just really cool tech. Like, it's really cool. It's great. It, like, if you have a Quest 2, uh, this. I know I've been saying that, like, the Quest needs to catch up with the Vive in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, and the Index. But, like, when it comes to usability, just turn the face set on and use it. And now this wireless stuff, that is where, like, the other headsets need to, need to catch up to the quest. Like, I see. That um, sounds good. Yeah. Nice. Um, the primary thing I want from the index on the damn quest is on the index to adjust the lenses, you have to take it off and adjust accordingly. On the index, there's just a knob that you use with the headset on. And I'm just like, what? why is that not standard? It's just so annoying that I have to... Mm, okay... It's not streamlined. It's not. It's not just you know quick. Yeah, no, it's not. It, it was not well thought out. Also, the fact that you still have to buy like the head strap that comes with the base Quest Two is garbage. It's absolute trash. So it's almost mandatory that you have to buy that fifty dollars accessory for the Pro headset strap. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, but yes, that Air Link is awesome though. Uh, I highly encourage if you have a router that does five G uh, that does uh, five gigahertz. Uh, go check it out. It's well worth checking out if you want a better PC VR experience with the Quest or the Quest 2. Uh, okay, so I played FF14. Uh, I got 10 levels into it uh, and, and a little extra after that, actually. Another level clocked in. So I got 11 levels into it. Um, 35. I'm done. <laughs> done. Okay. I'm good. You, they, they, it, 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 it wins. It wins. It beats me. It wins. <laughs> it, 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 I just never again. <laughs> I'm not sure if never again because I'm sure that I, my dumb ass will like be like in a couple years be like yeah I'll give it another shot. You know because mm-hmm. that's just how I am. Like I've played. God knows I've played EverQuest too. Like it took me like eighty tries to finally give up on EverQuest. So, you know, like, we'll, we'll see, but like there are, and, and like, the thing is, is it just made me want to go back to WoW and which made me want, which playing, and then I went back to WoW and that just made me want to go back to old WoW. Right. Um, and here's why here are the, here are the, like the key pieces about Final Fantasy 14 that like made me want to go back. And I will also put this by saying Final Fantasy XIV is a gr- great game. It's well-designed. Uh, it looks good. Um, I've, I have There's plenty of positive things about the game, but what I'm going to say is going to sound negative. I know we have plenty of fans of, of the game in the chat or in our community. I think it's a good game, just not for me. And here's why. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first reason is I realize I'm playing the slowest class in the game, but I also Terra Online Opinions. I have not played it. I can't say. The last time I looked at Terra was at a PAX that we were working. Was that that long ago? Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. Um, 
So anyway, the I play I also play a really slow class in WoW though. So I'm like but like this is slow, man. Like mm. Black Mage or Thura Mage and finally Black Mage. I, I finally got the quest to become the real deal. Um yeah. and did it. Is just like it looks really cool. Like, I love the look of the spells. Like, they eat up the whole screen. They're giant fire and ice explosions. And, like, that part is really satisfying. But, like, literally, it's just like... Boom! But mm-hmm. it's just like... And, you know, coming off of WoW, where the animation isn't satisfying, but, like, you're, you know... Like, in the same time that I'm doing, like, attack one to two attacks in Final Fantasy, like, I'm like, okay, Frostbolt, Ice Lance, Ice Lance, Ice Lance, Blizzard. You know, um, and, it, you know, so it's a different experience. I poured way too much t- money into costumes. Also, I get the FF14 comments. Terra's fairly really slow, but FF14 just feels like a snail's pace for me. Mm. Well, I think part of that's because what is the global cooldown in FF14 these days? I want to say it's two, I don't, I don't two and a half. Top of my head. Like three seconds. I'm, last time I remember playing it, like a long time ago. Uh, like, uh, I remember most maybe about five seconds on average. It's two point five. So I, ju- I just pulled up. It's two point five. So yeah. that means it's uh, it is one and a half times slower than World of Warcraft, mm-hmm. or one and a half seconds slower than World of Warcraft is because World of Warcraft it's a one second GCD, right? And it just feels like molasses. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to get into it, especially once I started doing a boss fight that required me to actually pay attention in Ifrit. Granted, it's not like the world of attention. It's don't stand in the giant fire circle, but still requires me to, you know, not just stand there and, you know, four, 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 build meter, one, 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 one. Mm-hmm. So, so I could see how, like, in later raids, and I've seen later raids, like, okay, like, I can see how, like, this is more about positioning than it is rotation, I guess. Um, but, you know, I don't have all the abilities to say. But, like, at least during the leveling experience, it is. Who The leveling experience from, from 1 to 50 is not great compared to what happens from 50 on. Yeah. Don't stand in the swirlies. Don't stand yeah. in the swirlies. Don't, no. We used to have a thing in the old WoW guild that used to run "Don't stand in shit." Yep, um, that was that was like the raid team's number one rule: "Don't stand in shit." Yep. Um. So, so yeah, and then like I go and I compare this to like you know WoW Classic, where I'm leveling a fresh character with Anthony, and like I'm level fifteen, which would be about. Mm, I'd say level 20-ish would be the equivalent to where I am in Final Fantasy 14. And, like, my rotation is not much more complicated, but, like, in the top, you know, I'm doing my, my, you know, with my talent tree, I, like, my stuff is, like, a half-second cooldown. I'm like, okay, Frost Nova, Blizzard, Blizzard, Fireball, Fireball. And it's just, like, it's just snappier. Um, and then retail wow is like that on crack cocaine. It's mm-hmm. it's like like retail wow is almost getting to the point where it plays like Diablo. Um, okay, like it's it's yeah. D- yeah like dude, like I like I play a frost mage in retail wow as well, and it's uh, it's just like 
you know, just immediately you're, you know, in an average, within four seconds of an average fight, you're like, you've cast three AoE spells and like three Ice Lances and a Frostbolt. And it's just like, damn. Um, so yeah, uh, the next thing is World. Uh, and that's so Final Fantasy XIV's base quest is a lot of travel. Like the MSQ for A Realm Reborn, you are going a lot of places. Yep. Um, like it, like a, a lot. Like I feel like a good chunk of my time is spent here. Watch this story and go from this dude to 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 this dude. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. That's the way they want to do it. They want to tell a linear narrative story like a traditional Final Fantasy game. That's that's great. Good for them. Yeah. yeah. In fact, that's actually one of the, the... And to be fair, the Black Mage version of this actually had me really engaged. I had a good time with it. Um, okay. But the way you travel annoys me. Okay. Because... Um, and I've got my mount. You get your mount at, I think, level 20. My chocobo. I got my chocobo. Yeah, your chocobo. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, so I got my chocobo, but I almost never use it. Okay. And I almost never walk anywhere more than the first time. Because right. every place you can teleport to. Yep. Like, it, like it's it's like destiny. Like, you, you, you just click the spot and, all right, load time and uh, you're here. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, this is as much of a problem because I have it installed on my SSD, which is, like, loads the game in, like, a half, like, a second, two seconds flat. So this is an issue, but, like, every zone has a load screen. Mm -hmm. And it just sucks me out of it being, like, an RPG so bad. Hmm. Like, it just immediately just rips me out of the experience. Because when I play an MMO, I want to get absorbed into this big RPG and this world where all these other people are, etc., etc. And just every time, it's like, alright, go to this dude. It's like, okay, I pull up the map, and I press the button, and I wait three seconds, and I'm there. Sure. And it just, versus, like, I think back to, and to be fair... Retail WoW has that problem at Endgame, because Endgame World of Warcraft does that. And mm-hmm. classic WoW, though, it's or an older WoW, it's like, you know, perfect example is Anthony and I were playing, uh, he was playing with his hunter, and he got to the point where, oh, hey, I can get my pet now. Which I'm like, oh, that would help us so much questing. All right, yeah, dude, I'll help you get your pet. What do you need? Where do we need to go? And he, and he pulls up the quest along, and he pulls up, he's like, to the other side of the fucking planet... <laughs> yep, and I didn't have any of the, the the fly points or travel options for it, so that means we, if he wanted me to come with him, we are gonna have to walk. Mm-hmm. So what we had to do is we took a Griffin back to Stormwind, took a Griffin to Ironforge, and you know walked through this giant mountain range and through this swamp, and the swamp is over leveled for us. So, like, we're having to avoid other enemies and avoid PvP, and, like, we're having to use, like, our slow and teleport talents to, like, get away, and it's, like, this, like, you know, and, like, we're, you know, we're having this fun moment of just, like, crap, 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 as we're just, like, running through this swamp, um, and we die in the middle of the swamp, but the graveyard was super close to the town we needed to go to. So we're like, awesome! 
We fucking teleported us where we need to be. Great. Uh, and then we and then we have to get on this boat across the ocean because, like I said, other side of the world, and then take another boat, and then we're at this city where Anthony can go to do the quest line to do uh, to learn his hunter pet stuff, and right. uh, and he has to go on a quest line to do that. And I'm there for moral support and occasionally murder. Yeah, and I loved the feeling of that. Like that was a journey. Like, sure. we, we went out and, like, we were in this world and we went on this long-ass trek and this journey and it was, we had a fun time and we got, you know, we got, a, we got a couple stories out of it and we were making jokes along the way and it was a super good time versus, like, I look to what we did in even current WoW where it's just like, hey, Anthony, you got that quest for that dungeon, right? Yeah. All right, cool. Press a button. Right, I'm a tank, so we wait. Oh, half a second. All right, cool. We're in the dungeon. Let's do it. Or like Final Fantasy, where it's like, okay, we have this quest. All right, it's at the other side of the world. Oh, we've been there before? Boop. Okay, we're there. Let's turn it in. Yeah. It's lame! Eh. Fucking lame, bro! You, do it, you, tra- you travel the first time, you get to have that experience, and then you get to have your time back. <sighs> yeah right. Uh, no, and even the first you are perfectly free to travel on your and, own if and, you so wish. And even the first time though, like it's very the the zones are a lot smaller, a lot shorter. They're you know they're not as like they don't feel as much like real places in some cases. And the fact that because this is an end game MMO, uh, no one's in the zones. No one's there. That's fair. Versus like classic like. We made some friends along the way. Like, I actually had to escort Anthony somewhere on my main so we could get a fly point without dying. And, like, I, like, we were, we were sitting at this dock waiting for a boat. And we're like, and this guy, this level like 31 priest walks up to us. And I just jokingly say, Hey, I'm his muscle. And he's like, That dude just responds, That's cool. So, yeah, (laughs) that's cool. Which one of you is the top? And I was just like, wow, okay. <laughs> I suppose. They're kind of, yeah. Um, kind of forthcoming. But no, I just responded like, well, obviously the skinny elf. You know? And he's like, he's like, hey man, you never know. Um, you never know. <laughs> so, but yeah, like, you just have a community that's just a lot more, you know, so, so there's that. Like, I like how just everything feels like a big journey, and how, like, you have to read the quest text. You know, it doesn't mark it on the map. It's like, like, during the hunter quest, Anthony's like, it says, go west past this area to find the owl we need to hunt. And we're like, okay. And we went west and originally couldn't find it, but then we missed the clarification of like, okay, no, it's past the bridge. It says, go west past the bridge. Okay. Go past the bridge, immediately find one, tame it, take it back for the turn in. Right. Um, love that. Absolutely just, mmm. So, so it's like those that thing is probably like one of the biggest reasons why I like have fallen off modern MMOs in a way. Right. Uh and then you know and that was kind of it. And then also like seeing the monetization of Final Fantasy 14's online store I'm like okay. <laughs> Huh. This is like way worse. Like way worse. They monetize a lot. 
Yeah, like, World of Warcraft has, I think it's up to, like, 30 mounts and one costume. Mm. Like, I want to say it's, like, 30 mounts and a costume. This is, like, costumes and weapons and, like, minions and, like, like, it's a lot. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it is. Um, you know, uh, you know. One item from it. I have bought exactly one item from the Warcraft store as well. Yeah. Really? Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I don't need two. I don't. Um, I, I bought, I bought that mount that when the first, first came out, the, the sparkle pony. I bought the sure. sparkle pony and I've not bought one since. I thought about getting the 15th anniversary ones. I did like that stone griffin. It did look cool. Sure. But, um, I was like, no, no, they, they get a sub. They get their money. Yeah, exactly. Um, but even though, like, in, even in WoW, I hate it whenever they put out a new storm out because I'm like, you know, that's something you could have put in the game as a reward for doing mm-hmm. something cool. Like, they just put out a mount for Chinese New Year. That's this is a model that is this is a unique model, unique to the game as a whole. You can either get you can either get it for agreeing to sub for six months for committing to six months or for uh, just buying it flat out. And it is a lucky golden bull. Mm-hmm. There's literally a gold as a bull with emeralds for eyes and it is made of gold and it is gorgeous. 25 bucks. Yep. Wow. I'm yep. just like, yeah, this space whale looks dope. Like, this thing looks dope. I'm not paying 35 to $42 for it. Nope. And it's also really lame that's the first eight-player mount and you have to buy it. Like, that's exceptionally... Just, I remember when you actually had to do shit in games. And this feels like my old man yells at Cloud moment. I realize that. It's a little bit. But, like, it I remember... It merit to what you're saying, but it is a little bit. Like, I remember... So, uh, sorry, go ahead, Jake. <laughs> I'm saying I get a little salty at the Cloud. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like, I remember, like, World of Warcraft put out its first two-seater mount back in Wrath of the Lich King, and it was like, how do you get this? Oh, you have to have maxed out level engineering, or you have to farm the gold to buy it from someone who has it. And it was a motorcycle with a sidecar, and it was dope. Yeah. Uh, Terra's store uh, loot system is completely RNG, and it's expensive. That's why I got the six months. So... So, like, all those things, like, ended up, like, like playing that, playing FF14, which made me go play retail, had me, like, even with my grievances with it recently, immediately flee back to classic, being like, I don't know how good I had it. (laughs) Uh, I think you'll be living in those classic days. Yeah, until, yeah, until they either ruin it with a store or they add, uh... Or they, you know, or Wrath of the Lich King wraps up. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't come back for Pandala, or I wouldn't come back for Kata. Um, I would come back for Pandaland, though, just because for the PvP and that expansion was dope. Okay. All right, so that's our MMO hour. Uh, yes. J- Jake, sorry for making you go through that. All good. We're going to show it. All right, and uh, Jake, what have you been playing? What you been up to? What are you promoting, etc.? What's What are you all about? been doing a lot man like for this month for me personally it's star wars month like i was telling you guys earlier it's just that 
normally every year I do something from May the 4th and Revenge of the 5th, like just like one or two, maybe three videos. But this is the first month where I've done it for the entire month where I've done something Star Wars related. That's like a lot of stuff. So I've had like, I've had plans like three big game reviews as well as other videos that are related to Star Wars I've been posting up on the channel mixed in with other stuff that's not Star Wars related. That's like else stuff, like gaming related things. But mm -hmm. like, are I mean, I finished Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. I finished Super Star Wars. I did video reviews on both of those that are on the channel now. You're ready to go watch them. Uh, I've done uh, conversations and unboxings about Star Wars. You know, I did a whole unboxing for these lithographs that are actually, I don't know if you can see it behind me, but like they're like we're around, like right there, that just Star Wars 40th anniversary, like a New Hope lithograph set, like, you know, that's collectors. There was only like so many that were made at the time. I did an unboxing of that. Uh, nice. I talk about Star Wars stuff like on my podcast. I, I've just hung out. I even pretty soon tomorrow, actually, I'm going to have a TikTok uh, user, a big TikTok channel creator, uh, talk with me about Star Wars on social media on the YouTube channel, which has been fun. But other than that, game-wise, outside of that, I've been playing new Pokemon Snap as well. Uh, I actually was on, like I mentioned earlier, I was on uh, Easy Allies' uh, Friend Code podcast. that They brought me on there to talk about Pokemon Snap. It was me and a guy named Stealth that's on Twitter. And uh, we just talked about Pokemon. Snap. I know about yeah. Stealth. Yep, Stealth. Stealth is my man. And, he's, uh, he's, he's a cool uh, dude. Yeah, uh, and we just talked about it, you know, because we had just gotten it literally the day before and it was like, you know, our first impressions about, you know, with our experience playing the original and just talking about the stuff that we saw in this new game, which I like. So far, uh, I'm at the point where I think I've unlocked all the areas. I'm pretty sure, like, the day and night cycles for every single one of them and, talk, and going to, like, different areas you know, capturing different types of Pokemon. I think that I'm just shy of starting to go to some of the legendary section, like to capture legendary Pokemon or at least get pictures of them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it's longer than the original. That That's like the biggest like takeaway that I've gotten from it so far. And I'm enjoying it. I think it's a chill game. It's a nice palate cleanser from other stuff that I've been messing around with. Um, the other one, too, there, there's been a couple games I've been playing. Uh, I've been playing Warzone with some friends every once in a while. Like I've gotten into Warzone on PlayStation specifically, so I've been playing it on PS5. And having fun with that, you know, just going with a group and just, you know, as a mindless game, just to get together and like talk with people and just chill. Um, outside of that, also today, I actually started playing for the first time Doom Eternal uh, that I'm going to be doing a video about like sometime down the line after May. And uh, I love Doom. I, I wrote some of the stuff for IGN on their guide for the original Doom remake, uh, which I did like the video stuff for it. Um, and I love Doom. It's just fun. Like, you know, oh, Doom is, dude, Doom is, I... like, those primal games, it's like, so simple, so straightforward. It's concept. It's really simple, but it's just so satisfying. I I, I reviewed Eternal last year uh, and absolutely loved it. Yeah, that I've been digging it. I've been playing like about I want to say about two hours, give or take, with mm -hmm. that. Like some, and I've been liking it so far. And again, I'm gonna play more of it later. You know, after this is done. But uh, besides that, I mean, I've got. I also picked up Fire Emblem Three Houses. Finally, I, I'm gonna play that one just for myself. Not for like video or anything like that. Just to play, just say that I played it. I like that. And another one that I got that I just started as well that I've been capturing footage for is Sakuna of Rice and Ruin. Uh, and I, I've been dying for a while to play that game because I saw that at E3 a while back and I got to play it and demo it. And finally, I got a chance to get a hard copy of it where I could sit down and just play and hopefully do a video review of that. That's going to be cool. And yeah, that's really about it. The, the other one that I did for Star Wars Month that, that's coming up in the next week or so is uh, Republic Commando that I'm doing a video nice. review about. So nice. I finished that and, 
it's it's one of those games because when I was planning out Star Wars Month, there were other games that I wanted to do that I that was like spinning in my head when I initially thought of it. Like I wanted to do Shadows of the Empire at one point, and I decided not to. I wanted to do uh, uh, Masters of Terrascasi or Terrascasi. Uh, which is the fight, the Tekken fighting game for Star Wars that I wanted to do because I do a lot of fighting game content on my channel. It's just, you know, it, it felt ideal, but there's no legit way to get it. I have to get a hard copy of the game in order to play it. And uh, the other one, too, was Knights of the Old Republic, but then they announced that they're going to do the remake of Knights of the Old Republic. So I was like, you know what? It'd make more sense to later do that one and, and eventually play the remake and just go through it like that as opposed to playing the old ones right now. I figure, like, there's other games for me to kind of mess around with at the current moment. You know, as far as like, you know, interacting with Star Wars. Uh, but yeah, that's really what I've been playing and what I've been messing around with. And again, just making content on YouTube, trying to get more people to check out the channel, to subscribe, you know, trying to do more stuff. There's other games that are coming soon that I'm pretty sure I'm going to mess around with that I'm going to, you know, be interested in like either covering or just playing, you know, especially hopefully some from publishers, you know, that'll be kind of cool. You know, other stuff, but uh, sound as a comment in the chat. That's why I got a six month sub is the golden bull. He said. Is it really Pokemon style without Professor Zoke? You were close, though. <laughs> I know. Sort of. Really, yeah. It's still Pokemon Snap. Like, the, the thing is, like, there's a cool moment. Like, I, it, this isn't really a spoiler because it's been out there so much. The The original guy from the first Pokemon Snap, Todd, Todd, shows up in the game. And it's a cool, funny moment. Like, it's it's nothing too, like, crazy. But it's like, oh, that's pretty nice. Like, that's yeah. pretty dope. Uh, the, the rating is not as, you know, mm-hmm. like... You were close. Ah, you know, it was very, it's very much, you know, <laughs> it's very That's positive true. and nice and light, but like, yeah. it's very much like, get your Pokemon in the center, make that Pokemon big. You're good to go. Make it face it, you. And at the right moment, too, when it's doing something. Yep. That's the other thing. Yep. If it's doing nothing, one star, and then there's different things that they're doing. Otherwise, yep. like, yeah, they're very, the, the advice on how to get a better picture is actually more helpful. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. So, and, and there's other locations to go to. Like this game is longer, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Needed. Need, need, need someone say needed. And Fire Emblem Three Houses is yeah. an incredible game. I know I a lot of people first playthrough. A so, lot of people uh, in our community really like it. That's what yep. I'm getting. So. I, I'm digging it. It's cool. All right. All right, so uh, this leaves. So that's pretty much everything there. Uh, no questions from the Discord this week. All right, chat. Do you have questions, comments, concerns? Beef. Yeah, Beef, yeah. yeah. Right. You want to start some shit? <laughs> start some um, shit. Let's talk let's drama. So while while you got while that's while we give time for that Tuesday. Uh, MCU, ranking the MCU. Uh, we are doing Avengers Age of Ultron and Ant-Man? And Ant-Man. Those are our two movies uh, this Tuesday. We're wrapping up Phase 2. Nice. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I finished Ultron last night. I withhold oh. all reviews. Yep. I'm just don't saying I finished it last night. Uh, I, don't want, I don't want you influencing my, ra- my score. Um... <laughs> Uh, best, best Fanta flavor, orange. It's orange, right? Oh yeah, orange. Like easy. That's. I mean, like, so what? What about you? Do, do you have a different take? Of what? Uh, of MCU or Fanta? Oh, Fanta. Fanta. I mean, both. Sure. Let's. Uh, Fanta. I drink them all because I'm, I'm Latino. I have to drink all of them. Like, the- <laughs> <laughs> sure. Certified thing you got to do, but but as far as MCU, I love the MCU. I'm a huge, huge MCU fan. As are we. So, that's that's why we're reviewing um, the movies. All of them. My favorite, my favorite out of Phase Two. I think yeah, it is Phase Two. Is uh, Winter Soldier. 
Winter Soldier is still one of my favorite uh, MCU movies, period. I saw that movie in the theaters like seven times. And it, it was almost eclipsed by Endgame because Endgame I went about five times or six times, something like that, because I went with different people mm. like that. So I love the MCU. I think if I had to do a top three, it'd be Winter Soldier, Endgame. I would probably either throw Avengers or maybe Spider-Man Far From Home because I like Spider-Man Far From Home, especially the music of it. But uh, there's there's so many in there that it, it changes. I feel uh, like my top every day. Like, my, yep. I, I love from phase two so far because I can't tip my hand towards last two, but so far it's been Guardians of the Galaxy by Country Mile. Guardians, another one, so good, a good one. Uh, um, so, are you guys hopeful that Cyberpunk will turn around? I think it will. I think, I think it will. I, yeah, I, it's just a, it's just a matter of when. I remember I played that game uh, about a week or two after it came out on PC, and I have a pretty screaming PC, and even then it was kind of having trouble, so I was just like, you know, we're just going to put this back in the oven for a year and come back to it later. That's exactly how I felt, because my, my cousin came over to visit for the holidays, and I got to play it on PC, finally, for the first time. Like, I actually sit down and play this game after everybody was talking smack about it, and right from the get-go, like, you, you saw so many things that were just, like, popping up that were wrong, or, like, bugs, and other stuff that clearly, in, in my experience, was affecting my experience playing it. And it's like, you know what? This is one of those games that I could just wait to play. Like when when they fix up stuff, and clearly their their priority has to get the like working good on consoles, like at least you know at least stable enough to not like be like you know, broken. Mm, I, I I actually think uh, the PS4 and Xbox One version is a lost cause, and they're just focusing on next gen. Yeah, I that, I, I agree. Like That's... I feel like PS4 is a disaster, dude. Like uh, to release dude. a game in state is just it's 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 comical. Like it's crazy. Yeah, like I I don't know. I almost don't know why they didn't say, okay, hey, PC only first, um, you know, like, I, 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 I don't know why they just didn't do that. Like, at least then they would have just been like, yeah, it's really buggy, but, like, yeah, it's all right. There's so many things that went wrong with that studio, like, during that the development of that time, you know, that game specifically, that just, like, created such a mess for them. That they're, they're still going to be reeling from for a long time, I feel like. Yeah, I, th- I think that 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 game was supposed to be their next Witcher, and it's obviously not. And like that is going to the so they wanted to follow the Rockstar model of like okay, once every five to six seven years, we're gonna put out like the biggest thing. The problem is if that biggest thing doesn't hit, yeah, you're then screwed. In, then you're <laughs> then screwed. You're- um, you know so. Yeah, they're going back to Witcher after this. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> like, yeah, right. They're going right back to the Witcher, or they, at least whatever sequel or. or I mean, yeah, they're working on that uh, PS5 and Series X port, right? Um, of the Witcher. So, uh, bah, 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 bah. so, um, let's see. So, and then we have. Uh, would be cool if it could pull a No Man's Sky, but it's got so long to go. Exactly. I think it's that bad. Like, there, there's a big difference between No Man's Sky and Cyberpunk. Because at least No Man's Sky, there was a lot of lying that happened with that <laughs> game. And there, there was things in that game, but when it came out, that is just not fun. At least with Cyberpunk, like, there, the game is broken in some console some platforms and there's a lot of problems with it but like people have been able to play that game from start to finish and enjoy it in some way it's not like no man's sky where people were just straight up bored you know what i mean yeah 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 as, uh, long, as long as they keep fixing it and then i don't know maybe add new content at some point then i think i think that game will be just fine 
I, I yeah, I, I think that give it time, it'll look good. I can't believe they blame it on QA though, as a former QA. Te- I hate it when they blame QA because I know yeah. like Wooly talks about his time working in QA, and like, dude, it's never QA's fault. QA lets them know mm-hmm. they just don't have time or don't want to. Wait, I, 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 that's the worst thing. It's like, many different yeah. Um. Anyway, thanks for talking about it. Gotta go to work tomorrow. Have a good one, guys. Carpale, we love you. You're beautiful. Love you, Carpale. Thanks for hanging. Thanks for coming by, dude. <laughs> um, he is one of our biggest regulars. I love him. He's fucking great people. How do you guys think the Halo Infinite is gonna fare on the base Xbox One? Considering how poor. Love you too, Chooms. <laughs> um. Let's um, see. Yeah. Um. This this goes what I've been saying. About, uh, hey, it's Solo. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> what up? Is that like a hey? Is that like a uh, foul effort? Hey, hey, hey. I mean, there's no one else. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna poke fun at it. Oh lordy. <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah. Do you think it'll run on Xbox One? All right. Uh, right, right now, I don't think so. I think, no, yeah, I know, no. I know, I, like, the hell with it. Like, I'm pretty sure people over there are like, the hell with this. Let's just move on to X, PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and PC and stuff. And it's like, that. that is not going to go away. Like, they're, they're clearly, especially with the PlayStation side of stuff, they're going to be reeling from that for a long time. Like, people, number one, are not going to trust them as easily, which is clearly a fact because of how everything played out. And two, everybody's going to be mad suspects once whatever their next game comes out. It's like, yo, is this going to run? on current gen or last gen if they're going to prioritize. And I bet you they don't prioritize PlayStation 4 and Xbox One next game that they do. No. They just stick just solely PlayStation uh, 5 and Xbox Series X and PC. Yeah, I, I I mean, like, to be fair, I don't think they're really fully doing it, like, now. Um, like, it is the thing. Um, like, I, I think it's already apparent in some games that, like, where you, you have that, uh, that, that, like, next gen um, like, like that next gen difference. Uh, can I struggle to run on a gaming PC for last year's demo? That should have been something that dealt with early in development. Like the thing is, though, is like I need we need to know more about the engine. Like that's the thing. Like it's because because we don't we don't know uh, about what's going on with this engine. You know, like for all we know, know from Jason Schrar and also from Liana Rupert, a game informer that had a whole thing about this. That was part of the behind the scenes stuff that was going on with it. That doesn't get deep into that type of stuff like fully, but it does mention that. I'm pretty sure that it was in the Bloomberg report and, and the Game Informer article. Like, because there's been other stuff that's been written about it, but like, I know that's come up a few times. Hmm. I would have to read through it again because, again, it was a while back, but I know that's probably come up a few times. Probably. Um,. Yeah, so I I don't know. Uh I you know, we'll we'll we'll, well see. I know as I'm hoping. I, I'm hoping that the base Xbox One version turns out fine. If you tell me that it's not gonna be you know, great, I wouldn't be surprised because I I also think that like the Horizon Forbidden West PS4 base PS4, not PS4 Pro, not series uh not uh one X but, like, the base console versions of these games are going to get rougher and rougher the longer this goes. It's only PS5. I didn't know that was, that was on PS5. No, that's a Horizon Forbidden West is PS4 also. Oh, okay, wow. Um, so, they're reciting the tagline, believe, for Halo Infinite for a reason, I guess. Because they have to. Because, <laughs> like, they're, I mean, like, yeah, they're, they are, 
Like they are, uh, you know, they're, they're they gotta. <laughs> this is the best God way I'd put man. it. Gotta make like Parappa the Rapper and start believing something. That yeah, <laughs> like they they need this to hit. Cod Warzone yeah. barely runs it all on the OG Xbox. The models don't even load in. I mean, yeah, like, I think we're at the point where, like, the 2013 hardware has hit its limit for many in many cases. Um, I think that Sony first party is, like, the fact that they got Miles Morales running, uh, like, as well as they did on base PS4, good on them. Oh, um, like, but... It's going to be this thing where, like, I think Halo on the Xbox One will be... If they said that version is going to be capped at 30, it has to, right? That is going to run at, like, 900p. Like, there's no way. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, hopefully, at a smooth 60. That'd be kind of cool. I mean, mean, especially because, like, you look at those PC screens they just put out, like, last week. Like, dude, that game is starting to look incredible visually. Like, they obviously were not done with that engine with that gameplay demo last year. Um, so... Go back to lab and just make it look good. And as long as it looks good and it runs smooth, I think people are going to be cool with it. They're going to be fine with it. Yeah, like, I, like, I, th- like I, I think the Xbox One X version will be fine. Uh, I think Halo fans have some really high efficiency for the lowest running version, though. Like I, like, I was so shocked when they said they're putting it on base Xbox One as well. Mm-hmm. Like I was so shocked. Like it, it's, you know, and I'm sure we're on Xboxing. Like between all the platforms, you can get your Xbox first party games on all your Xbox systems. I mean, that makes sense to me. So, but like, if you really think about it, if they're really trying to push the new hardware. Why even like? I even bother to be honest. Uh, because that they have a huge install base is why. Same. Well, it's the same reason why. Why you know why not have Miles Morales be locked down? Why not have Horizon Forbidden West be knocked down? Like it's the thing about both these publishers. It's weird that they're picking and choosing. That's the weird part. Like they've said, Fable and Forza aren't, but Halo is. You know. He would take. Yeah, like it's just so weird. Um. Yeah, I think I think that they have high expectation. It's just it's and like once again, like check out the newest PC screens. Game's starting to look real good, but uh, you know, even if it looks that good on Xbox One regular, will it run that well? You know, or you know, vice versa. Maybe they're gonna cut down the dr- or maybe they're gonna make it run really great, but it's gonna run at like 720p upscaled and have crap draw distance. You know, like, uh, you know, because, like, you know, somewhere along the line, they're going to have to give. I feel like they put this, um, I feel like they put themselves to a corner by doubling down that'll release on Xbox One. Like, you know, you're either, because, yeah, because you're either handicapping the game by making it for a, you know, for like, okay, it has to run well on this, you know, 2013 system, or you're handicapping that version of the game by saying, okay, we'll, we'll, Force it through. We'll do our best. Yeah, true. Um, we'll see. I yeah. I don't. It, it's it's a tough call. Uh, you know, E three's next month. We're we're gonna see the game there, of course, right? Mm-hmm. Like like <laughs> um like I'm willing to bet we'll have the game there, and we'll hopefully see how it turns out. Um, I still have a lot of faith in that game. I've been. I've been keeping a close eye on it ever since they've started doing these monthly blogs. 
and I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of the series. You know, obviously this whole fucking channel is it started in a Halo Three match. Um, yeah, multiplayer gameplay would be nice. Something beyond screenshots for multiplayer would be nice. So uh, yeah, you know, yeah, uh, you know, and, and like I said, I'm a big Halo fan. I, I don't think you, you know I, I want Halo to do well, and I know that I have been. Cer- certain things about new Halo, the Halo community complains about, are stupid. I'm gonna be straight honest with you. Like every time someone complains about Sprint, I kind of re- tend to roll my eyes a little bit. But uh, you know, like, but other, you know, says, um, but on the other hand, you know, some things like most of the things they complained about in Halo Four or the Halo Five story are totally valid, and Halo has a lot to prove now. Like Halo used to be the you know Halo used to be the the name in AAA video games, and now it's like, I mean, the current generation barely knows what Halo is, right? Right. You know, so that is what it used to be. Yeah. So, bunch of old fogies like us played it. <laughs> yep. So. Uh, so yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's about it. So, uh, rundown for the upcoming week. Yes. Uh, Tuesday, uh, ranking the MCU. This thing is, gaming doesn't really have the names and genres anymore. Gaming is oversaturated. I don't know if I would agree with that. I think it does. It's just that things change like that. They change between console generations. You know, there, there's a, there's some some franchises are going to be like, you know, the most best thing ever. In one console generation, then they kind of fizzle out. Remember the Genesis generation? Sonic was like the biggest competition to Mario, which was Sega going up against Nintendo in the console wars. Like that changed obviously after the Dreamcast. I remember, <laughs> I remember like that 10 year period after Final Fantasy VII came out where like JRPGs yeah. were like everywhere. You know? Yeah. Like, like on the PlayStation, like there was a huge, yeah. huge booner. PS2 as well. Um, so. I think that, like, having the game, like, there'd be, like, one or two games that are, like, the thing that everyone's playing is dead. Like, you know, because, you you know, even looking on Twitch, it's, like, Fortnite and Warzone and Minecraft and Rocket League and Grand Theft Auto and League and Warcraft and FIFA all have, like, no, over I, 95k. You still get moments like that because when Final Fantasy VII Remake came out, a lot of people, a ridiculous amount of people were playing that. You could even say the same thing about The Last of Us to an extent. You know, there you still have those games that are a zeitgeist moment. You know, I think it. I, I think in our crowd, yes, but I still have never experienced a moment. The, the maybe the closest I got was when WoW Classic came out. Is where like I log into my friends list and I log on to social media, and every single person is playing the same game. Halo Three was like the last game I saw with that happening. It's maybe the last one I could think of that was like really big like that. Besides Fortnite, if we're not counting like big, massively multiplayer games like that, I would say Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto. Was GTA like Five was up there. Yeah. Um, Modern Warfare Two was Modern up Warfare there. 2. Yeah. A lot of the they're usually like that, you know, for the most part. But because there are games that is like okay, everybody just stops for like a weekend and everybody's playing this. That like those are the types of experiences or at least I see with those style of games. Right. Um. Anyway, uh, run down the schedule. So uh, we're, we're, we're wrapped up on questions. Uh, so that schedule going forward for the week. Uh, so we have um, 
Tuesday, rank the MCU. We review two MCU movies. We rank them on a list from worst to first. Uh, currently, Avengers number one is at the top of that list. The Incredible Hulk is at the bottom of that list. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. This week, Age of Ultron and Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, come check that out uh, Tuesday at 8pm Pacific Wednesday, we are continuing our legendary run of Let's Play Let's Stream, depending on how you watch it, of the Halo games, we've gone through Halo 1, 2, 3, and ODST we're moving on to Reach this Wednesday with our original 4-pack it's gonna be a good time, I'm gonna blow through it on Legendary real quick uh, as we continue to work our way through all the Halo games. So, yeah. uh, Thursday is Community Night. That is going to be run by Aaron this week, as I have a prior engagement. Uh, you're going to be doing Phasmo Night? We're, we're, gonna, we're trying to put together Phasmo Night. If we can get four people, uh, which I think we can, uh, I'll put out a call in the Discord uh, later today. Okay. Uh, we're going to try and get a Phasmo group together for Thursday. Phasmo night, and then uh, next week for those curious is looking like Monster Hunter Rise night. Yep. So yep, and then uh, unless one of us decides to impromptu solo stream next Sunday at ten thirty a.m. Pacific Standard Time, we'll be back here to podcast as we are every single week. And then uh, hey, hey Aaron, I know I had some people asking this, uh, you know, who checked out the stream, and th- but they can't always catch the stream. No, you they know. can't catch it live. What's that about? That's yeah. That's, uh, you know, so they have a couple options. One, of course, they come here to watch the vod, but that isn't always convenient. So I'm gonna post in the chat. Here's our uh, here's our Spotify. Come go go give us follow the show on Spotify. Yeah. Uh, but you know, let, let's say let's say you have uh, let's say you have a uh, you know you're you're, you're more, more of an a, Apple person. an Apple person. Yeah, yeah. You're like me. You're like you you got you got your iPhone. Mm-hmm. Uh, MP3s. What? <laughs> yeah. What? You're a connoisseur of MP3s if you're on iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, you, you, you use an iPod because you're old. Uh, there you go. You got, you got our Apple podcast link. Uh, and then, of course, if you scroll down, there's links to YouTube where we will occasionally cut together clips from this and post full versions of the other shows. Um, Mr. Jake uh, James Lugo. Lugo. Thank you for coming on. Uh, Hey, where can people go harass you? Oh, you guys could come chill, come hang out, come bug me in a bunch of different places. YouTube.com slash Gamers with Games channel, or just search Jake James Lugo in the search bar on YouTube. I'm there. I'm constantly every single week posting up a brand new, highly edited, highly produced video, you know, usually a video review on games, other types of gaming content every single week. Uh, I'm also on Twitter at Jake James Lugo on Twitter. Follow me on there. Show some love if you guys can. Uh, I'm also on Instagram at Jake James Lugo. Come show some love on there as well. Posting up every day. I'm also on Patreon, patreon.com slash Jake James Lugo. I literally post up a ton of exclusive content and early access to brand new videos, including my reviews, including other big videos that I post up on there. And it's all for a dollar. Literally, like everybody gets charged up like so much on Patreon and stuff, but I'm practically giving out a ridiculous amount of content for very little money. So check it out. One dollar channel. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. So you could have you could have your latte from Starbucks and you could get a ridiculous amount of exclusive content about video games. So yeah, you, well, why, there you, why go. you know what I'm saying? 
Why compromise? <laughs> Why compromise? Just have it all. You can have the world. It's okay. Well, right? uh, yes. But yeah. Go check, go check out all that stuff. Show some love, man. I'm trying to get past 10K subs on YouTube. That's my goal. At least it's currently at the moment. So I've been all in my ass trying to actually make a bunch of content. So Right Hopefully. on. Yeah. We're trying to get to 100 on YouTube. It is definitely not our primary platform. We, we, we're, we're getting some help in there. It's all yeah. good. Yeah. We, oh, we, 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 we called yep. in backup for that one. Sure did. <laughs> so, anyway, guys, we love you. We'll be back next week throughout the week. Uh, yeah. Have a good night. Have a good week, guys. See ya.